we all know the importance of the skate shop, that first place for a kid to see the culture and like be accepted. Come in, have a look, check these out. What do you need, man? Have you ever seen this video? Like, did you know that people skate like this? That kind of thing. That's how important they are. Like, super important. Their skateboarding uh, school system. They're our education. They're they're there to tell you what's right and wrong, what's good. Don't be a kook. All that shit. That was our Instagram. That was our communication. Like, you know, are you going to the shop today? Talking about the shop and Mickey and his crew from Noe Valley. I met at the skate shop rainbow skates they're just a breeding ground for like making things sicker it's the whole thing and this sh the skate shop is vital part of the whole lifestyle and the whole community this is really happening <laughs> i could have a skate shop and i was like no way you know i just like couldn't believe it yeah. my mom was in there gripping boards and stuff it changed names it didn't matter it was still just the skate shop where you met your boys and you went downtown and you went to rip those times are priceless. Those skate shop videos we made and those midnight sessions jumping on security guards' uh, cars while we're bombing down the hills. Priceless times. And the reason why skate shops are important because the rippers and the community comes out of them. It's like our church. You know, when we travel on tours with skate teams and stuff and you visit these stores and you see what they do and the effect they have on the local scene, like the skate park, they, they just generate like an uh, interest and culture that that's um, oh, it's really healthy and you just can't replicate that stuff online or digitally quite as much. And the diehards, you know what I mean? They're the ones who were there before and during and when the money goes, you know, they're still hanging on as, until they can't, you know? It's, it's, they're not, they're not, they didn't show up when the money was here, you know? They're the ones that, you know, run by skaters and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I can't, I can't state it enough. Like I love skate shops. Gearing up for the holiday season, I'm Schmitty and this is Talking Schmidt. Today on the program, Mike Giuliatti from the skate shop Lotties. Today on the show, Mike Giuliatti. Mike owns and runs his skate shop Lotties down in Los Angeles. He's been doing art his whole life and keeps it real. Speaking of keeping it real, here he gives props to the ones that have been a major inspiration. My shop wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Deluxe. I'm heavily influenced by all types of skateboarding and all skaters and stuff. But I will say without question, like Jim Thebo and Julian Stranger and Andrew Reynolds, like those three people to me are like my biggest influences. You guys, it's holiday season is here, man. We got Tuesday before Thursday, Thanksgiving. We got Thanksgiving in two days. We got Black Friday. We got Small Business Saturday. We got No Underwear Sunday, whatever. It's all at our fingertips. Anyway, before we get started, I just would like to do a little shout out to each and every one of y'all. Big love. Please stay safe out there. These are unprecedented times. I know you want to see your family, but God damn my fucking email. I know you want to see your family, but you got to stay safe out there. So do what you got to do, but please be responsible and respectful to everyone. We got an extra long show because we got holiday season. And this one's dedicated to the skate shops. So thankful for the brick and mortar. And I hope that you all will do your part in keeping them afloat. 
I had a great time talking to Mike. We also heard from Trent at Cowtown. We got uh, Ryan at Atlas. We got a lot of cameos, including at the very end, you'll want to stick around for our good friend Billy out in Greenville, North Carolina. You might have to listen to this one in parts, who knows? But for now, I'm going to pass it to our guest of honor. Well, my name is Mike Gelati, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the all cause turn. Our big dog's in. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants, man. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! All right, guys. Uh, this next guest is apparently first time here in the zoom world and uh my people talk to his people and apparently we're supposed to only talk about music snobs kids who think that you owe them and weed nerds oh, shit. this is the owner of the los angeles base skate shop lotties please welcome mike giliotti uh, thank you for having me thank you is Stoked that close? Giliotti. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, dude? Good, man. Yeah, very good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, just a disclaimer, this is the first time we've ever like talked face-to-face, even though yeah. we're not really face-to-face still. But yeah, we've only been kind of text buddies. Yeah, fully. So good to finally, you know, I, I know what your face looks like, but, uh, you know. Same with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how's it going down there man to be honest it's good it's it's a uh, shit I, just speaking for myself and a couple other friends that uh have skate shops in the world and stuff it's like not the worst time in the world to i mean i can't predict the next couple of months but it, like since march it's been busy actually for skate for my my shop and to be totally, I don't, again, don't want to speak for anybody, but every other shop I've talked to, um, same has been very busy and like unable to even keep product in stock. Uh, obviously being in LA, we don't have harsh winters, so I can't speak for how the East coast will do like, you know, Midwest East coast when it gets super cold. I think it's already, you know, in the thirties in New York city and stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, I really, I really like can't complain too much with all that's going on in the world. I'm, I'm in a decent position. So, what I'm hearing on the interweb is that skateboarding is the new toilet paper. Dude, Just buy I, it. If you see a deck, buy it. I, dude, I've tried to actually tell kids that exact thing. Actually, it's just kind of like, so if you came into my shop right now, you'd be able to get. Deluxe, Baker, Quasi, you name it. Like you, we have a good selection. Same uh-huh. with trucks, wheels, bearings, all that. Um, that's only recent. Like we finally got back to normal uh, and it's tapered off a bit. It feels a bit more normal at the shop. But uh, I was talking to like, damn, man, Anthony Piscopo from Pawn Shop, Seaver, dudes at Labor, Humidity Skate Shop, everybody. It was like, you know, I was trying to explain to kids, 
dude, now's not the time to be picky. Like we, you know, we, when we have it, you're lucky that we can even have a deluxe board in here right now. It was yeah. like that gnarly. Um, right. And yeah, it was, I just never expected to see that ever. Yeah. It's been interesting. I'm, I'm kind of hearing that the manufacturing can't keep up with the demand or something. There was like a snafu. Maybe it's because of the COVID too, like just not being able to work at full operation, but like apparently like even deluxe is having a tar- hard time getting boards, you know? Oh, probably. Yeah, dude. That's why whenever I talk to anyone at Baker or deluxe or any of those and I'm always, man, don't apologize or anything. Like I can only imagine if it's hard for us to get stuff. I'm like, dude, you know, and, and especially up in San Francisco and certain places, they were the first to get shut down during yeah. all of this. And like, dude, it's, it must be a nightmare. So I'm like grateful that we have anything. And, and again, we lucked out hard because uh, we get shop boards made from generators. So our, our shop boards are like fucking good, man. They're like, good shapes and they're good quality. Uh, and we, again, lucked out that we got a shipment of boards like right when all this shit hit the fan. So yeah, even though it was pretty brutal to get like people's favorites, you know, sometimes I get it. People are like, Oh, shop board. Like it probably sucks. And I'd be like, no man, I swear to God, like this is actually decent wood and it's a good board. Uh, and you're saving 10 bucks, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's it's been unpredictable times for everybody. So. Definitely. But I mean, skateboarders are doing good. Like, that's what's cool. Like, it, I mean, the community, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, it's all been like, here we are. Like, yeah. the help for one another. Like, I just seen it in so many facets. That, like, once again, proud to be what doing what we're doing. Like, because I see other people's worlds are getting turned upside down and they don't know what the fuck's going on. Not to say ours isn't necessarily, but like, even when it is, it's like people are there to be like, no, we got this. You know what I mean? It's like, you feel that like fucking brotherhood. Absolutely. Yeah, there was obviously like, when this first all happened, nobody could predict what was going to come. But I yeah. definitely had talked to countless people and nobody thought, oh, all the shops are going to be selling out of product and not be like, it was the conversation was the opposite. Totally. Um, and dude, yeah, all the shops like, you know, I think that's also a, a big benefit of something like maybe, you know, Instagram or something is like, you can actually talk to other shops that maybe you've never been to or you visited or in other cities and, there was definitely, there's, there's been a good pull together of like that in skateboarding on my end of things. And then, um, we've had help from companies, you know, they're always looking after, it means a lot when companies like actually prioritize a skate shop, make sure you get the product before they put it online so that you're not getting, you know, secondhand or, you know, you're, you're, you're getting like the first chance to sell it. Um, right. And, uh, but yeah, dude, gnarly. And like, especially I've talked to other friends that work in other industries and like family too, all sorts of people getting laid off with no, no like a recovery in sight necessarily. So again, the fact that like, this is what I'm doing is all good. You yeah. Know, taking it day by day for sure. Well, let's get a little background info. Where were you born and raised? I was actually born in san francisco in the city um, no way at the yeah. hospital at a hospital yeah which one um fuck, where's my birth certificate uh, name if you named it i would know it 
It's um, uh, not general. It might have been. Should I text my mom? So basically, <laughs> my family lived in um, Marin County. Oh. Uh, and in Oakland. So okay. I was born in San Francisco in the city only because that's where my mom was at the moment. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we lived there up until I was about three. Okay. So I don't have like, you know, any roots in San Francisco other than being born there. Um, but that's where my parents met. Uh, my older brothers like went to a bunch of them went to a school called Marin country day school. Um, mm. That was like an element. So my parents ran a children's bookstore in Oakland. Oh, really? Yeah. It was called the children's bookstore. No way. Um, yeah. And that's what they did for a living. Uh, and so, um, yeah. And then my dad had gotten a different job opportunity down in Los Angeles in the late eighties. So I was born in 86. So I'm 34. Uh, and then we moved down here and I was like, spent my elementary school and childhood in Santa Monica by the beach. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And yeah. uh, you went to school in Santa Monica? I went to school in Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, kind of. And then that's like how I got introduced to skateboarding. And stuff. I was going to say fun. like beach life, skateboarding, and then oh, that looks cool. You pick one up. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I grew up again. I'm one of seven kids. Um, oh, are, yeah. where are you in the ladder? I'm second. I'm second to youngest. So I got okay. a younger brother, me, two sisters, and their twins, wow. and then um, three older brothers. And Damn. they skated. And wow. actually, my oldest brother went to elementary school and middle school with like Gabe Morford. So like, when I in Marin. Yeah, sick yeah. yeah so actually i've run into gabe and I, I don't know gabe morford you know but i'm like man oddly enough my name's mike gelati man he's like oh, yeah i knew your brother aaron and um uh -huh. my oldest brother aaron had gone like went to samo high santa monica high school and that's where like julian and nodis and dressing and all those dudes went and they were within an age or two range of each other um yeah give or take and there's there was this store back in the day called Fred Siegel Skates. Um, my older brother used to like hang out there and get his boards from there, and, and then the shop Rip City, which is still around. So he kind of introduced me to skating at a young age, uh -huh. um, and then yeah, and then it was like I grew up pretty close to that street spot, the Sand Gaps, right there with those ledges and like the Twix Tim Gavin curbs. So oh, yeah. it was pretty easy to like find friends in Santa Monica. I didn't like struggle finding a skate scene at all. Yeah. Right. Oh, did you, do you remember what the first like board you had? Like first like pro board? Yeah. I, I, well, so I, I think my older brothers like introduced me a little late, you know, like they had showed me like wheels of fire and streets of fire. And I had like, dude, I legitimately had my old, older brothers, Ray Barbie, fucking what's that graphic like the stitch together man holding the yeah. deck of cards like, i think I had, that was cliver yeah and i but at that point i had that board dude i think girl chocolate videos were like already out you know i was like <laughs> i was a decade behind and it, it wasn't until i got to middle school like sixth seventh grade that this kid john in my class was like dude you know you can't like 
I had Vans on and he was like, dude, those suck. Like you need, and he gave me like a pair of uh, Muska S's. You know, it was like that era. Yeah. Um, so the first board I got though, that was like, I got to choose. I remember it was, I just liked the graphic. It, it was called, it, the company was called New School. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know New School. I don't actually, even to this day, I don't know much about it. Just the board was green and it had an eight ball on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first one. Yeah, I got it at Rip City. Yeah. Okay. That was, was kind of it right there. And then were you, are, what came first for you, skateboarding or art? Like, were you drawing already? You probably yeah. started drawing as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because again, I think my parents having a children's bookstore, I just kind of grew up around oh. illustration and, and drawing. And my mom is a very talented painter and uh, sculptor and she can kind of do everything. She's like amazing. She ran after when we moved to LA, she had like been a teacher at a pottery studio for a bit. Um, so I just grew up around it. And my, one of my older brothers, all my older brothers were like either into graffiti or stuff like that. But my older brother, Gabriel was like at a young age, introduced me to like Robert Crumb, um, mm. Maurice Sendak, Shel Silverstein, Ralph Steadman. Like, and that is what I was heavily drawn to kind of like weird comic type stuff. Uh, and again, we had all these books at my house to sift through, to look and to reference and to read and stuff. And, um, I was very lucky there. And then skateboarding. So you got a came. lot of your inspiration from the child's books that were at your parents' bookstore. Big time. Whoa. Major, major inspiration. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. In the back of your mind, are you like aware of like any, you know, like the industry, like dude, is there pictures on your walls of like dudes you like were stoked on in in videos or something? Or are you kind of just like not even knowing about that stuff yet? Uh, uh, Back then? Like when you started skating with the the new school board and you you know, you're cruising around. Oh no, I got like hit quick by a crew of kids at school that like told me what was cool. Um, Skateboarding 101 just overnight. Like you need yeah. the Busca, you need the beatbox, you need oh, the Circa. You just nailed it. <laughs> Circa wasn't around yet, but that's exactly what it was. Shorties. Shorties. Uh, yeah. Fulfill the dream. Fulfill the dream. Okay. And like that, that was easily as far as I can remember. So there was a trans world video they, they made another version, like not maybe a couple of years back called Cinematographer, but yep. the, there was a cinematographer from the 90s. That and Fulfill the Dream were the first two VHSs I got. And then, dude, I swear I have this memory of fucking a kid loaning me that video, Peep This. And like, it's a, I think it's an old zoo video. Uh-huh. Like Danny Supa and all these dudes in it. And I was just too young to get like an actual cool video. You know, not not dissing anybody. I just, I yeah. loved seeing uh, shorties was just like kind of fun and lighthearted and like fucking, yeah, Musco is this shit. And Sammy Baptista, who oh, I yeah. still love Sammy. He's like one of the nicest dudes to ever live. But Sammy was you know i was probably 11 or 12 and he was probably like 13 14 in that video so to see somebody that looked like you maybe doing like switchback tails and stuff it was just mind-blowing uh so that that was definitely 
finding out about that. And then through that, you know, Tom Penny, other Andrew Reynolds and these guys, I was like, I was obsessed. Yeah. What about like, like you said, um, Julian, Nottis, these guys that were from your area, would you see them out and about at all? Like, did you, would you have your first, do you remember your first sighting of like that dude's? Uh. Yeah, for sure. Not Julian. Julian at that point, I'm sure was in San Francisco. So okay. you wouldn't yeah. see him much in LA, but dude, not as, not as, yeah, you would legit. I mean, he lived that house that he like leaves the Big spot pocket, in, man. Yeah, like, dude, that's, like, right there. Like, that's still there. It looks the same, the whole deal. So, like, he... pickpocket man. You would see him occasionally, like, walking his dog uh, right by the sand gaps. Um, mm-hmm. And then, dude, to be honest, I was, like, intimidated very by a certain crowd of... Nottis was always friendly if you ran into him. You know, very friendly. I didn't know Julian back then. Right. But, like, Jesse Martinez. He's gnarly. And those guys, I, I guarantee you, dude, I was so sh- I was a little shrimp. They would have been cool to us if we went up to them and said anything. But you just heard these stories, right? About Aaron Murray and Jesse and like these Dogtown dudes and like their SMA or whatever. And and like I was like legit scared of that crowd. So uh, I was like, it's a whole other world too. I had nothing to do with it. I you know I was like way too into street skating and uh the West LA courthouse. It's like, I didn't even that kind of stuff. Like we knew who they were. We were intimidated by them, but it wasn't regretfully. I didn't, as a kid, I just like, didn't care that much about that kind of skating. I don't think. So what kind of like sparked you to do the shop? So uh, I think, you know, I lived in New York for seven years after high school. And, and so basically I, uh, the skate shop I grew up going to in LA was called hot rod. And Harrod was this shit and like Chris Casey and Dan Rhodes, Tim Bruns, Ted Barrow, these dudes, they all worked there. It was like the coolest shop. They had a, a section in there called ledge buster where you got a blockbuster card and you could rent skate videos. Um, mm, that's cool. They taught you how to grip your board. Like it was just like as quintessential of a rad shop as you could possibly imagine. And when that shop got I don't know if the owner or something bailed. I don't know the details, but like it kind of turned into a boutique. There was nothing left in LA. And in New York, there was this shop called Autumn. That was the shit. And, uh, and you know, that it had the exact same vibe and then labor started. And so labor has like a rad little scene too. There. And so I had to gone like on a couple skate trips to Portland and other places. I'm, I, I digress, but I saw a bunch of other cities with rad fucking shops and LA. I'm not dissing any shop. There are, there are cool shops in LA a hundred percent like that. Uh, Kingswell is awesome. You know, um, there was a shop called Venice originals. That's not there. That was like Jesse's kid, uh, juice ran it for a bit. Martinez, mm-hmm. um, that's not there anymore. And then like outskirts of LA, there's jokers, there's pawn shop, there's fucking cool skate shops. But in like the part of LA I lived in and wanted to be around, there wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So it was really just that. I just like, I, I, I I had worked for Supreme when I was, so when I, so when I got kicked out of high school, Supreme LA opened. Okay. Um, 
And I kind of lucked out that like I got kicked out of high school. And my parents were like, you better get a fucking job. And uh, the dude who managed that store, he manages the one in SF now named Berto. Okay. I, Berto would like, I used to see him when I would go skate LA high. And uh, he was like, do you want a job? So I've worked at Supreme um, for a, a little over a year. And then, so when I went to New York, they were like, dude, you can work at Supreme in New York. And I immediately had like a group of friends out there. Um, mm. Anyhow, where I, again, I digress. I, I, I had, I opened up a shop in LA. I called the closest skate shop to me, which was Supreme. I was like, Hey, I'm not stepping on your toes. Am I, you know, these are the products I want to carry, you know, cause I, I, I've, you know, been told by a lot of other skate shop owners back then too, like, Hey, just, there's rules about how close you can open up to another shop. And then also you don't want to be a dick and all this, but like we were in a good zone and uh, I, I had been told by friends, if you're going to do it, I had been told by every friend, don't do it. That was like what they all said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they said, if you're going to do it, make your own shit. Um, the markup on boards is terrible. The markup on, clothing from other companies is like, you're not going to make money. The only way you're going to see a nickel is if you make your own shit mm -hmm. and uh, money aside, that's what was like keeping it really fun. So that was just the goal, like start a shop. And I had gone to pawn shop, uh, Donovan Piscopo and his dad shop out in West Covina. And like, if you went there, every kid in that neighborhood is wearing a pawn shop t-shirt. Like straight up, like I was just like, how cool is that? That's like that's like how we were with autumn shirts. Yeah, hot rod. Like every kid had the sticker on their board. Every kid wanted a shirt, and I was like, that's so cool to have a skate shop, not just a come, not a company, but a shop that kid, local kids want to rep. So that was like kind of what I set out to do, like make shirts and hats and hoodies that kids would actually be stoked on. Rad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. uh you got to be strong in your backyard. Like you got to build your little zone and then it goes bigger. But if you ain't tight, like where you are, there's no hope. For sure. Yeah. That's always been like, that's been like rule number one in everything. Like people have passed that down to me along the way. Always like, dude, if you want to do something, get your neighborhood strong, then For branch sure. out. Like you don't go to New York if you're in LA to, to, build your shit. You got to build it in LA and then eventually maybe it gets bigger. Absolutely. Like seeing that camaraderie is what's up. Like you, you go to a neighborhood and I mean, it's like a good version of a gang. Like it's like, you know, like yeah. colors or whatever. Those are the colors. It's like our shop. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the dude that grips our board because I still don't know how. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Daily. God damn. So yeah. what were some of the horror stories? Did you have any like, like looking back on that, there's got to be some like complete disasters or some fuck ups where you're like, God damn, would somebody have told me this or something? On starting a skate shop? Yeah. Like in the beginning um, days of, you know, like, I mean, how did you even get the building and stuff? Dude. So I, again, I, it was like at the time, I can't go into too strong of details here, but a family friend was in real estate. Mm -hmm. And this dude is like a fucking tweaker now. Like not even exaggerating, like a crackhead. But oh. this guy had some sketchy lease on a building and I was like young and dumb. And so he was like, dude, I can offer you this much. 
So we moved in there and I, I think my postmate dude is here. Uh, I, uh, you can grab it. Really? Yeah. We're good. Right. Hey, this is Thomas Taylor. I'm Stratus for skateboards. You're in Atlanta, Georgia. Come in town. Check us out. Don't ask about the skates, Bob's. You never know. Well, let's go to San Mateo, California and catch up with our friend Ryan at Atlas Skateboarding. First impression with Timothy Donald McKenney. First impressions uh, of Atlas. And it was uh, Ryan back in the day about 18 years ago, 16 years ago, whatever, probably 16 years ago. And me and Tessie walk in and he hooked me and her up with a bunch of shirts. And me and her rocked those Atlas shirts for at least three or four years until they were thrashed. Now, 16 years goes by, and I'm paranoid to go back in there thinking they're just going to shun me and think I'm a kook. So I go to society. But the truth was, I'm San Mateo, and I really wanted to be back in Atlas, but I didn't think I was cool enough to go in there. First time I go in there, it was smiles and love. Next, I'm in the city, and they're giving me love, screaming my name from across the street. Uh, the love's real. Let's just keep it going, guys. 2020. Oh, God, I, I can't do this anymore. I hope we don't have to go much longer, but it looks like another lockdown's coming, man. I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, check in with your friends. Ask them if they're okay. We all need, we all need love. Thanks. Ryan, are you there? What's up? Yeah, what up? How's it going? Good. How are you, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Um, it's Thanksgiving week, and I just actually want to reach out to you and say I'm thankful to you and the shop. You guys were the first shop to ever carry any of the stuff that I've been doing. And I was right. so humbled and stoked. And uh, you continue to carry a few things in the shop and on your online. And I, I really appreciate it. And I wanted to say yeah, thank yeah, you no first doubt. and foremost there. That, that's been rad. Um, yeah. Proud to support San Mateo, the home of Tim McKenney. So we got yeah. those connections. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. That's our that's our like uh, our youth, our our foundation, right? Bay Area Foundation. Yeah. What year did you open the shop? Uh, we opened the shop in 2007. Uh, we signed lease in 2006, but we opened it uh, May 19, 2007. Are you going to have any like specials for Black Friday, like for the holidays? Is there anything you do a little different to try to entice people to shop more? Or? Yep, absolutely. Like every year we do, well, you know, this year is going to be an exception, but every year we do like free, a free like complete pair of shoes to the first person in line. Or we try to do stuff to really like incentivize and, and give people a reason to come down and, and shop with us. Um, this year we're discouraging people from actually being inside of our store and we're trying to push people online or at least to make you know an online purchase and pick it up just to minimize the the time spent inside the shop because of obvious reasons nice okay cool um when you're traveling are you the type of person that goes out of his way to like check out shops in different areas that you are or are you kind of like absolutely you do. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. I, the one, the one beautiful thing about, uh, especially now I feel like almost more than ever is there like, there's like this really strong, like camaraderie between, uh, fellow shops. Um, I don't get the sense that we're, we're competing against each other. I look at it as like, we're in a, com a community of like 
there, you know, we're all in this together. And we all have each other's backs. Um, so whether it be domestic uh, travels or, or international, definitely make it a point to like stop by, say what up, shoot the shit. Um, I was in Europe a couple of years ago and went through Amsterdam and Berlin and had to stop by Benji, had to stop by like Sybilis and I love it, man. I think it's, it's really cool. It's also, it's like refreshing to see like how other like, you know, dope shops handle their operation and, and their vibe. Speaking of the camaraderie, mm-hmm. uh, there was a really cool thing that happened this year where uh, Mike at Lottie's drew mm-hmm. up some, like, actually I have the t- one of the t-shirts yeah. on right here. Yeah. They did this whole thing where, I don't think he did every skate shop, obviously, but there's a ton right. of skate shops and they're all on the back of the shirt. And then each shop had a different uh, graphic yeah. for their logo. And then yep. I think Deluxe or Mark, I don't know. Could you talk about that a little? Like, how did that all yeah. happen? Yeah, that was cool. So, you know, obviously when the whole shelter in place thing happened and, you know, there was this lockdown due to COVID, it kind of freaked everybody out and, and i will lie if i if i were to say that i wasn't like what the fuck's going on and are we in deep shit now mm. um i mean there it, when the shelter the first day of shelter in place i mean i think you remember what that was like it was it was freaky it was like what the hell is going on here everything yeah. is it's like tumbleweed and and i the directive wasn't super clear so we weren't even sure if we were allowed to like travel to the store you know right. It was weird. So I think there was this sense of like, oh shit, is this going to be a death blow to like retail? And is this going to be a death blow to like core brick and mortar skate shops? So, you know, we had this Instagram thread between a bunch of shops and uh, Mike was on that thread and he was like, yo, I've got this idea. I'm going to make this some graphics. It's going to, and and I'm going to, you know, let's get together a list of shops. And basically like he had um, kind of like, you know, like, like tattoo flash, like, like a bunch of different uh, t-shirt graphics that he was like, yo, for free, you guys run these. Um, you know, he set some parameters, which I, I thought were, was smart, you know, so people didn't go ape shit and, uh, you know, make all kinds of crazy merchandise. And right. um, that was super dope. And, and it was, and it was similar thing with the, the deluxe and like Gons uh, graphic where, you know, certain shops got a custom Gons tee. Like how freaking cool is that? You know? So um, cool. Yeah. It's, and, and, and I feel like people really like our, our customers, those that were like, yo, what can we do to support? They, they gravitated towards, you know, grabbing those tees. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that like could be a cool theme? Yeah. I just say like, if you are going to be going online to buy skate stuff, just go online and buy it from a skate shop. Like, please do that. And if you know, that skate shop doesn't have like a strong online presence or isn't able to like keep up with online for obvious reasons. I mean, doing online is a, it's a huge task and an in-store operation uh, is it's, it's a separate task. So like, I would just say like, at least get your, at least get your skate stuff, skate stuff from a skate shop. And it's crucial. People, um, you know, they cry when, when they're, they hear about their like local shop, you know, being threatened by, by like the heart, the, the hardships of uh, the economy. Well, it's our, it's our duty as skateboarders to support skate shops. That's the way I look at it. So spend your money at the skate shop. 
Okay, cool. I'm right now. I'm in the middle of an interview with Mike, actually. So if you have a question, awesome. for him, that'd be great. Uh, you know what, what? What does Mike do to stay inspired? That's what I want to know. That's a good one. Yeah, because he cranks out a lot of amazing artwork. And I want to know where all the inspiration comes from. All right. Well, thanks for taking yeah. the time, man. Um, hopefully, yeah. I'll see you soon. We got a. Uh, I wanted to show you some. I just got this hot off the printer. Oh, sick. It's Tim McKenney. Yeah. Jeremy Fish made this graphic. Fucking cool. Uh, Jeremy made it for him right when he was leaving Think. And so oh, it never wow. came out. And, Holy but Jeremy shit. still had it and he gave it to us. And we're doing a, we're doing a 50 run of skateboard decks and two different colorway shirts. And yes. Dude, wait, till, wait till you see McKenny next time. He's oh, like dude. floating through the air. He's so hyped. Oh, I believe it. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. So San so Mateo, sick. dude, 650 yeah, yeah. forever. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, man. Um, Hey, have a good one. Stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon. You as well. You Thanks, as well. Man. Thank you. Appreciate Take it. Take it easy. Peace. Um, yeah, that that was a part of opening a shop that, like, I've tried to give other people, like, friends who have said they're going to do it, little bits of advice. Is like, yeah, I was like, how do you get these companies in? But again, I, I was so lucky that I had done boards for Baker. So I had done graphics. So I was like, okay, cool. I have an in at Baker boys. Yeah. Um, and then <coughs> friends at Spitfire and stuff. It was just, dude, I've been, you know, that's like one nice thing about skateboarding. I think is like, if, if you've been skating fucking over 20 years longer, you meet a lot of people along the way. So like, I just was so fortunate that, and like I, that I was lucky enough to like travel and meet people that mm -hmm. when it, when I, and I never planned on opening a shop, like since I was young or anything like that, that like when I decided to do it, I was so lucky that I knew people in the right places. And then like, I, I hit up James at labor, like, yeah, I want to carry Dickies. Like how the fuck do I contact them? Boom. I got you. And he gave me the email. Um, mm -hmm. and my, my main priority when I opened was like, if I have deluxe and Baker boys in there, that's all you need. Right. Like you could, you could, if you have a good relationship and, and which with deluxe, dude, that's fucking wheels, trucks, bearings, boards. You could run a skate shop and like, not only that, it, good shit too. Like good quality yeah. shit. You're not shortchanging anybody. And then yep. same with Baker boys. So that was like what I set out. So when I got that, and, and some, I was just like, okay, cool. Now everything else can fall into place later. Um, and that's, that's how I opened up with, with those dudes. And then, uh, no shoes. Funny enough, Brian Sieber was, is still friends with my buddy, Tim and Tim runs Sunday print co. That's a screen printing place that does all our shop shit. No way. And so, they are literally like a stone's throw away from where I, where my shop is. So he's like, dude, you know, Siebert, this dude grew up skating FDR. Uh, so we clicked right away. And then I was, you know, I was just like, how does this work? He taught me the process of getting shirts and hoodies and all that made. And so 
I, I, I try to draw quite a bit. So I would give him these ideas and we could just like make shit quick and easy and working with skaters. So he gets what we want. It, it was like, it's still to this day, the best relationship I have, like so streamlined to get shop product made fucking rules. It's been really cool to see all that shit. Like, I think, I don't know if it just happened more this last year with the pandemic or if I'm paying more attention, but like, I got a pretty good relationship with Sieber too. And he's been helping me with ideas and whatnot. And I'm just seeing like, you guys crank out so much cool stuff. Like you said, like time effectively too. Like, Seabird had this whole fucking Grosso line like instantly. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? And like he made those patches with like Felper and uh, P-Stone. And, and those are amazing. But what's even more amazing to me is that like the time how it was like you conceptualized, then you produced, and it's not half-assed. It's cool. It, but it's you, like, man, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's insane. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't speak for Sieber, but, but everything he puts out, I, I, dude, I just bought that Grosso hoodie. Right. With him skating down the street with the beer. I'm like, dude, I just love his artwork and his aesthetic. And I was like a big fan of his skating before I ever, sure. knew, you know, ever had any type of friendship with him. Uh huh. But that, that's where I find having a shop is like, I'm very lucky. This is no secret. I don't need to make 10,000 of something and then be like, fuck, it didn't sell. Dude, I make stupid shit all the time. And luckily, Chris and Louie, the kids who work at my shop, if I make something too stupid, I'll run it by them and they're like, eh, fuck, maybe don't do that one. But uh, <laughs> hey, that's the benefit of having a store and then a friend who screen prints. So it's like, right. I can make something if it's not the coolest thing in the world. I didn't make that many of them. Try not to be wasteful too. And like sure. overproduce shit. That's been a learning curve though, of like getting more in tune of like what works and what doesn't. Um, right. No, I've been like dabbling in it myself and uh, I've been, it's, I'm so blessed. I mean, like you said, you're in the game long enough, you meet enough cool people and those people respect you and help you out. And I can't thank everybody enough for all the tips and help that I've been getting. But, uh, you know, one of the things is kind of like a pre-order almost vibe where you kind of just put something out and you're like, that didn't suck or did it suck? Right. Oh, it didn't suck. Let's make it. For sure. <laughs> you know, I've never done that. Uh, uh -huh. I've never done that. Like we'll, we'll, our stuff is occasionally like sold at other stores, uh, skate shops only, but like that, the Thrasher store up in SF. Yeah. That was um, sick. He had like a whole fucking Lottie's line. Yeah. And like we make that shit. And if there's enough, they'll be like, Hey, how many can we get of this? I've, I've never done a pre-book. Huh. Um, and I see how that could be beneficial of like, Hey, does this interest you? If not, then you maybe don't even make it. I, I, um, I've yet to ever do that, but again, it's like low, it's pretty low risk, like for us, for our own shit. It's maybe gets a little trickier when I make like a hat or a beanie or something. Cause that the, the time takes longer. Sure. Um, but again, we have a place like to sell it, not just like an online store. And, um, 
But yeah, right. I've talked to man like doing graphics for Baker or and, and shit for Antihero occasionally and Spitfire. That man, they gotta work pretty far in advance. Totally. So you never know with shit, you know. That's what I was yeah. joking with Spanky. I was like, dude, thank God that some of my graphics came out during this pandemic because people were buying some of my dog shit that fucking should never have made. Like I, occasionally I look at graphics I've done and I'm like, Oh my God. Like the only reason that sold is because people are desperate for skateboards right now. <laughs> but I'm trying to, I'm trying to hone in a bit more and make sure that everything I put out with that, I never look back and go like, ah, oh, fuck. But I guess that happens. Yeah, for sure. And like what you think, is kind of good now you might think is dog shit in 10 years Absolutely. But, vice, but vice versa you might actually like something in 10 years that you hate right now <coughs> so, Dude. i mean it's like a song you know it's like music it's like you put something out and you're like oh that sucks and then 10 years you're like that was kind of rad actually Dude, a hundred percent. I've done already. I can think of a series I did for Baker that I was like, that was fucking awesome. I just like, yeah. at the time I thought I, I could have tried harder or something, but it actually the way, the way Spanky's brain works is crazy and he can lay He's shit amazing. out so good. I can give him, Hey man, what do you think of this? Like this crummy drawing or whatever. And like, he'll be holding his baby and, and on his phone, draw something out and make it. And I'm like, holy shit, you actually just made my awful drawing into a good board graphic. He, he's like, a, it's fucked up. Like that shit he does with the Etch-A-Sketch is so insane to me. Dude, it's he's crazy talented. All the while, like ripping harder than ever. Oh, that's what I'm so hyped on. I, I always hit him up and I'm like, dude, I love this shit. Like I'm yeah. so hyped. Was he your first board graphic? Was he the first guy you did a board graphic for? Baker, yeah. Um, it was a spanky board graphic or no? No, it was, was a whole yeah, series. It was one of his. It was a whole series, yeah. That was like, uh, actually, no. The first series I ever did, Spanky was wasn't in it, but it all it's all due to Spanky that I even got in there. Like, 100%. Spanky and Alex Olson are the two dudes that like... Connected you? Connected me with certain things and certain people. Absolutely. I grew up with Alex since we were like nine years old. Oh, um, serious? Yeah. It's like our, this little skate spot, Douglas Park, all the way to the West LA courthouse and the sand gaps. And he had lived in Santa Monica for a bit. Steve is bounced around here and there around Malibu to Venice to Melrose all over. Oh yeah. Uh, but his mom where his mom lived in Santa Monica was pretty close to my family's house. Uh, Oh, okay. I've been friends with Alex since we were little, little kids. Uh, How cool. Alex is a shit. Yeah, he fucking rules. But yeah, it's like all that shit with Baker and stuff was like through him and Spanky. Was the series that you made, was it a, a theme or was it just different shit for each dude? Yeah, it was the first series I did was a theme. It was, um, man, it was like exaggerated versions of the riders of shit they're into. So like... It was like watercolors of like, you know, they call Reynolds the boss. All right. So it was like Reynolds and he kind of had like a, it was like an, a, a riff off like an Al Capone mugshot. Like, oh, okay. He had like a suit on, holding up a plate, hat, that deal. And then like Brian Herman, he's kind of into like guns and fucking cars and dirt bikes and shit like that. 
Yeah, it was like a little riff off some of the riders, and then okay, uh, sick. It, it, it luck. Luckily for me, it had it did well. So then I was like, dude, I'm always down to keep doing this. And then again, having a shop, man, it was like then like Reynolds started to come by. I had known him, so Alex like fucking before Girl Chocolate, Alex was like getting Baker boards for a bit, like in yeah, he had gotten toy machine boards, Baker boards. This is like early two thousands, but I had met a lot of those guys when I was a kid. So it was like, when I got older, I kind of had already met some of them at that time or, um, you know, a lot of those baker dudes, uh, but they're just the best people ever. So it's like such a rad. Yeah. They're the the team that like, there's a couple of them, but they're definitely the example of a team. That's a team and a family. It's not like this weird, like, random dude on the east coast and some dude here and they don't like to be together or anything it's like whoever's going on the trip i'm going because i love every motherfucker in the van yep and they're all like very different people and they're all so fucking rad and like i've always you know i've always been like when i was younger like and and to this day a fan of neck face so seeing his graphics attached and then he's such a part of the crew yeah Dude, if you ever skate with Shane Hale, it's just like the yeah. raddest dude. Same with Ellington and Greco and Reynolds. They're all just very, very like, they're all, what this might sound corny. I don't care, whatever. They're all like skateboarders. They're all like, they still all skate all the time is what I mean. Yeah. And like, I think that's a huge part of keeping a company. Baker's been around, what, 20 years. Like mm. the reason I think they do such a good job with it is because they're still in the mix. Sure. all the fucking time i think that's yeah. very important yeah totally i mean and they're all stand-up dudes like they're all dudes that on their own they're respected like you know 100%. like they've done they're legends like yeah. ellington greco reynolds i mean what do you want i know <laughs> like, come on my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck yeah um so what year did the the shop open 2016 2016 so it's been like four a little over four years a little over four years yeah and things are going is it i mean i don't know if people like saying this or not during the pandemic times is this the best year you've ever had it it is the best year we've ever had only because we've only been around four and a half years that each year it's gotten better i mean i've been talking to like cowtown a couple different places and like i think you were just saying it as well it's like shot the walls are full right now but in a couple of days they might be empty like people are yeah. buying a lot of boards and you know somebody was telling me like uh bike bike shops were the first target then all of a sudden families started coming into skate shops and buying a board for everyone in the family and it was like a thing and then the increase you've seen an increase in girl skaters too probably right yeah majorly yeah like a lot of girls coming into buy boards more so Dude, all types of people. Dudes that quit skating. You know, that's another big that one. one. Like dudes the that, that quit had a skating. son after he quit and then his son brought him back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They come in asking for a fucking, you know, Tony Ferguson seven point five girl board or something. Like they're they quit then. And right. they're cool. Like they're cause they're like they missed it and they that's what like I love about certain skate shops and I try to do with my shop is have shit on the wall just to look at museum style. Cause it kind of, especially with guys like that age, men or women, it kind of can make them like 
be reminded a bit if they need a reminder of like what drew them to skateboarding in the first place. Um, sure. And yeah, like Cowtown said, he's, those dudes are awesome too. And they're, they're exactly right. You never, you don't know. I mean, also man, knock on wood, but it could go the other way. It's like, fuck man. Look, there's a pandemic. Skateboarding is something you can do where you don't have to touch anybody else. So yeah. similar to surfing in a bike shop, which those shops like, I know surf shops were sold out. You couldn't get surfboards for, for, for surfboards down here for a sec. Um, and bicycles. So you don't have to touch anybody. Mm. And it's an outdoor activity. Um, but people are like, it was the summertime. People wanted to do things where they could be alone. And there's also a large portion of population of people collecting a fucking check each month of what they saw as free money. And so, yeah, that rules. I just like didn't want to get comfortable in that because I was like, dude, this shit could switch in a heartbeat. And all of a sudden people are like, do you think I got 50 bucks for a fucking skateboard? Like I got to put my money towards something here. And, you know, I'm just always very like taking it week by week right now, day by day, however you want to put it, but like going slow and like, yeah, that's what makes like a whole pre-booking thing nerve wracking. Cause you're like, shit, should I pre-book something that we're going to get in May? When I don't even fucking know what the world's gonna look, it's yeah, nerve wracking. No, I see that. Yeah, so the key is kind of like turn turnover quicker. Yeah, and to have like the <coughs> dude that's do. The, yeah, my friend Zeroche, he's he's in Carmel, which is about a two hour drive. I'm a big fan of Zeroche. He's the shit. I don't know him, but I used to. Dude, me and my friends in New York used to watch the death video all the time, and we always watch his part and uh, like. Since then, I've kind of followed his career, but you know, like looked at his the platypus stuff he's made, and then like the downhill dirt board. Dude, shit. the dirt board shit is so sick. If you're ever and, up here, we can go there, and you, you gotta just try it once. It's like in it's so crazy. Dude, it's funny fun. enough, I yeah. hate to cut, don't mean to cut you off here, but be through. I know someone else, so I went to middle school with Alex White. Oh. And dude, I've known Alex White since I was a shrimpy little kid. And she, oh my, there was no one. She's still the coolest. But like then I was just like, this is the coolest person to ever live. She <laughs> smoked weed and she <laughs> knew how to roll a joint. And she like had like a fucking, I swear, dude, she had like a Spitfire shirt on where no one at my school was dressed like that. Mm-hmm. And she had like some duffs. Like she was just the coolest person ever. And now, another first impression with Alex White. Michael Gigliotti. I went to middle school with Mike, but I don't really remember him from that era, but I kind of knew who he was because there's not a ton of skaters um, in our middle school in Los Angeles. And, uh, but my first real memory of him is when him and our mutual friend, Miles Marquez, came to my house in Monterey right before Mike and Miles uh, shipped off to basic training. Um, they had enlisted kind of during the recession, post 9-11. Yeah, at this period in, the, in our lives where I didn't know any skaters that were joining the military. It seemed like so uh, like far out there and brave and crazy. And um, I remember being super proud of both of them. And I thought to myself, like, he's going to do great there and in everything because (laughs) 
the guy is like super capable and um, super focused. Yeah, and Mike's just like a really interesting person. He's lived like so many lives. And um, yeah, I, I really admire him and love that dude. Hey, this is Noah at Filter Skateboard Shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Roll up. We got the good shit. What's up? I'm Justin from Shrunken Head. If you're in Portland, come holler at us. You place your order online at shrunkenheadskateboards.com. Pick it up at the door or we ship anywhere. Thanks, y'all. Get shrunk. So did you go to school with Jonah Hill too then? Uh, for a little bit, yeah. Because I I interviewed Alex. I'm friends with Alex too, and yeah, she said I think that she went to school with him or grew up with him or something. They, they yeah, really- yeah, yeah. I went huh. to high school with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was two years older than me in high school. Crazy. Yeah. Did you guys get in, involved at all, like with that that film, whatever, uh, mid '90s? Um, involved? No, you know, I so. You know, people, I don't give a fuck what people want to say or think because people are going to have opinions. Jonah's like real famous. Jonah's like one of the raddest people ever. Um, and Jonah skated like Jonah would be at the courthouse. Jonah was into it. Yeah. Was, Jonah was never like some ripper, but like, <laughs> dude, he fucking loved it. He would always be a hot rod. He was like, he's been funny since he was a little kid. And and again, you know, I'm in the ninth grade. He's like a, a junior. He's like a bit older than me. Older. Uh-huh. But but me and my friends were better than him and his friends at skating back then. So they like, they like asked us questions. It was kind of funny. They, but they, they like, not that we were good. We were just better than them. Um, but he, he had hit us up, hit me up years and years down the line. Uh, we'd like maintained a friendship and, um, through art projects and other stuff. And then he had said something about making a movie and he came by the shop and brought a script and asked me what I thought. And I was just like, all right, one, there's a couple things I would change here. Uh, I don't know shit about writing and writing a script. That was the first script I ever read. So like, I had no advice for him then. I just meant more like detail stuff. And I was like, dude, you should probably, you know, that's when I was like, man, you should probably talk to a guy a bit older than me. Cause like the, the scene you're going for, I missed by a couple years. Like uh-huh. I, like the Venice graffiti pits, for example, like I was too young to really go there and I saw it and I, I could barely fucking skate. But I, so I was like, that's, I think like, that's where like Aaron Meza and <clears throat> um, some of those dudes probably helped Jonah a bit more with like, you know, dudes didn't wear that kind of shit. Dudes oh, okay, this, yeah. the details of it. Um, I did get to go to the set one day at the courthouse, oh. which was a trip. Um, seeing all these kids skate around in like crazy gear with seven point nothing boards and little wheels and all that. And they repainted it. And I was like, Oh shit, it looks like it used to look. Uh, How cool. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was a lot different than I thought it was going to be like, it actually like there was some tears in the crowd, man. (laughs) It got got emotional. I, I, to be totally honest with you, I, I, I went in not knowing, how Same. it was gonna like I was like, I don't know. This could be no one's ever really made anything that made skateboarding not look really bad or cheesy. And like Jonah did a good job of not making it look that kind of way. And like you also you could also have nothing to do with skateboarding and see that movie and really like it too. Just well, Dustin Dolan's claiming that uh Gleam in the Cube got him into skateboarding. So 
Sick. There you go. <laughs> uh, what do you think? How long should it take to grip a board? Dude, I, all right, I am fucking fast at gripping a board. And I actually learned this from Andrew Allen. I, I don't fucking put the, I put the grip on and the second it's on there and I get the air bubbles out, I take a razor blade and cut. I don't fucking scrape down the edges. Uh-huh. You can do that later. Like take the excess grip and rub down the edges, but you don't need to do the fucking map it out. <laughs> and th- that I try to tell the kids. Cause like, especially now, dude, people don't want to be touching you and touching your board and like, they want to be in and out. So I'm like, look, obviously I'm not trying to rush anybody and have them leave unhappy, but like you should get good enough at this to where it's like second nature and you could be doing five other things at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. What about the art project where people start cutting up the patterns and making like, yeah, we just don't allow that these days. Yeah. (laughs) Like pre Corona. Sure. Fucking go sit in the corner. But like right now, like, no man, we can't have people. Oh yeah. Like we're, we're, I'm lucky that we even have people in the store. Especially they're talking about now like curfews and fucking another lockdown and all this. I'm like, the fact that we can be open is good. The reality is you need to take, get a tool if you have to. If you don't want to buy one from us, you got one, whatever, you do what you think. But like you should set your own board up outside of the shop just for now. Sure. Like, dude, before Corona, we had a whole table set up with power tools and everything you could need. Take your time. But right now we just like for the sake of, the local kids, the employees, the neighborhood, not getting shut down. We just can't do that. Right. I, when I went into Hot Rod, I, they never gripped my board ever. I, I, he does not remember this because I was probably one of a billion kids where this happened. But to me, it's a memorable moment. I went in there and Chris Casey was like, you're doing it, dude. And I was like, but I don't know how. He's like, well, yeah, I know. But now you're going to learn. Put the grip on. He taught me. I cut the shit out of my hand. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> and I was like, that's not like a bad thing that Chris Casey did that to me. Like that was a good thing. And uh, I try to like keep that a little bit alive still. Like, dude, grip your own fucking board. And like, obviously he's a nine-year-old kid. I'll grip his board, dude. I'm not like a fucking tyrant, but right. yeah. Yeah, I was talking about it. Um, so I worked in a skate shop in the late 80s, like a couple of years after you were born. I was working at a skate shop. <laughs> but uh, no, um, in that day, I mean, I, here's the thing too, caveat. I like to use the word caveat as much as possible. But basically, I always hated to be the guy. Like when I was young, the older guys were like, back in my day, you know. And I always as a kid was like, I never. And now here I am going back in so sorry to my younger self for saying, doing this to everybody. But I was fucking from a different generation. So I just want to relate or explain it. And we were dicks. It was like, it was gnarly. Like you, you go into the skate shop and you went on certain days to avoid the dude that worked on Monday oh, and Wednesday because yeah. that guy was an asshole and he was not going to help you. So that was the kind of way that I got brought up, like, you know, right or wrong. But to some degree, I feel like that has to have gone to this generation in a different form because we have to, 
You know, everybody's there's this new, you know, and I get it. We're evolving. But at the same time, does everybody want to be Mickey Mouse, you know, cookie cut like, hey, hey, can I help you? No. Right. Like we have to have charisma. We have to have personality. We have to be creative. We have to be individuals. That's what skateboarders are. How do we do that? in 2020 you'll get canceled you can't <laughs> yeah cancel you'll get canceled like, you'll get avoid? yelped you'll get fucking right i mean there's a way i do it with the kids where like again i can only speak for lotties but i feel like almost every skate shop has this but we have a very good relationship with our neighborhood and the local kids and for them specifically and their friends that come in and so forth we do tell them, yo, don't skate with headphones on. Like, don't skate with headphones on. If you want to go to the park later and I'm not around, do that. But like when you're here and you're skating the ledge out front, be aware of your surroundings. Also, like join the party. Be Don't skate with your headphones on. Learn how to set up your board. Shake everybody's hand. Say please and thank you. Things like that. Like, But also, I feel like maybe we are extra close with our local kids because we happen to be the place that some of these kids don't have shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Very different upbringing than me. Mm-hmm. I have a nice, you know, like these kids, some of these kids come from really fucked up, gnarly home lives. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some of them, or dude, some of them just have parents that work till three in the morning and they like, they cook their dinner themselves. They make their breakfast. So like, I obviously don't want them to come to Lottie's and be like, fuck Mike's an asshole or like Louie or Chris, they love us and we're all cool with them. But we definitely try to show them that like those kind of things go a long way and it already has, dude, we've had people from other skate shops or other businesses, whatever, come in and be like, dude, all these kids are so fucking nice. They're all cool. They're all very respectful. And I'm like, yeah, man, because fuck, that's what I want, wanted someone to tell me. And like with random customers, when you're kind of a dick, dude, they're going to yelp about you. And it's happened to us. Right. The thing is the only, my, my answer to that is like, you have to truly be like, fuck you. Like I know that's immature, but you kind of have to be like, I don't care. And like skate shops are in a unique situation. I think for the most part that like, if there's a Yelp review on a restaurant, dude, that could crush you. But like for a skate shop, if someone's like the dude was a fucking asshole and called me a kook or whatever, it's not going to deter another skater from going there. Like they're going to be like, yeah, whatever that happens. They're understanding people. That's my two cents about like today's world. Like there, you got to like, you do have to ride the line though. Okay. Uh, yeah. And there's definitely people who are like easily offended, dude. We've made graphics that I've bummed people out. Like I've bummed people out heavy with certain cartoons. And like, I dude, I didn't offend any, it's not offensive. And to those people, I'm just like, dude, if my cartoon is you're going out of your way to be offended, then you need to get your fucking head checked. And you have deeper issues that you need to work out than, than this cartoon being offensive. So right. with those people, I'm just like, I don't have fucking time for it. Mind your business. Right. What's, uh, what's the deal with uh, skate shoes? Are you carrying, you carry skate shoes or no? Um, <clears throat> so we have like a small selection of vans. We're going to get some shoes. Uh, Pontus Alves started in a new company, probably seen last resort. Um, we're going to get some of those. We carry Spanky's America shoe. 
And for now, that's it. We're going to have a couple other things coming down. I just never wanted to be a sneaker shop, like a big shoe store. And <clears throat> normally, uh, I, I love, I like my favorite thing to do is to go into another skate shop and buy a pair of skate shoes and like look at their sneaker wall. Cause it's, I love that. But where we are in LA, dude, we're in between like so many different, you can get Nike, Adidas, Vans, Etni, whatever you want, you know, where there's like uh, a van store here, there's another. And like, if people ever want, ask for something specifically, uh, I always send them to Brooklyn projects or Kingswell. Um, Kingswell's got like a really good selection of skate shoes. So I'm always like sending skaters there if they want. And, and there, so there's no competitive vibes like you and DJ get along or, yeah, for sure. We're yeah. in like a whole other, that's like LA is so spread out that it's like. It's not even different. <clears throat> yeah, like, it's crazy. I've explained like San Francisco and New York, you can get from point A to point B pretty quick. So like LA is very spread out. We don't have, with, how about this? With anybody I care about and, and respect, we have no problems. There have been a couple other people that if you ask me weren't a, a real, like a legit shop, right. they were more involved in graffiti or other stuff that they happen to have skateboards on the wall that maybe didn't like us, but like, fuck them. Yeah. There was no, I wasn't like going to close my business cause they didn't like, like us being around like that. Uh, yeah. I don't care. Right. Okay. Um, let's talk about this. Yeah. The shirt Not, program. Cause that, that, that <laughs> fucking ruled. Thank, yeah. Thanks. You guys did that. Like, right out of the gate the pandemic hit people my perspective is this brick and mortar needs to stick around 100% that's what i preach and that's what i am 100% behind it's a big reason i i i have a relationship with you i want to help you i i feel like the community needs to be like really coming together to figure out skate shops need to to stay existing it, like this digital online buying is just, it's not for skateboarding. Like if you're lazy, you don't, you shouldn't be a skater. If you don't have time to go down and feel the board, you're going to ride fuck off, you know, like, yeah. and, and help out the dudes that are like kind of the maestros of skateboarding. Like these guys can teach you stuff on the regular by being in their presence. Like it's a huge influence. There's videos to watch. There's so much stuff that you can't do online. And all this gadgetry, like I get it, like it's 2020, but like, anyway, there's my rant. But, <laughs> but uh, where I was going with it is when the pandemic hit, it was very easy for people. I mean, here's what I thought. Skate shops are going under. Why would a skate shop 100%. stay open? You can buy all this shit online. How are they going to pay rent? They can't even have employees working. Like, panic attack where's the xanax like that's it right <laughs> and all of a sudden you guys kind of fucking dude it was pretty impressive like i really loved it and i mean i bought like 10 shirts from 10 different shops i remember you showing me some of the shirts you were getting yeah i mean it was just really rad it was like i've never seen something like that that like was like hey we're going to go to bat for everybody. Like, no, we got this as a group. Like that's what it, and having all the names on the back of the shirt, like I, I tell the story, but like I went to um, Atlas, I bought a, sh uh, a shirt and then I bought one from, uh, 
who was it? It was two, uh, Kingpin in Stockton. Yeah. And I was like, Hey dude, you get to pick the shop. I buy the next one from. And that was oh, like fun. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah. dude, red curbs. You got to buy red curbs in Fremont. I know that shop. And yeah. I didn't even know the shop. So I learned about a new shop and I bought their shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Awesome. And in my mind, I'm like, who am I? I'm not like this huge influencer or whatever, but like, just that vibe, I felt like I was kind of helping, like spreading that vibe, like let's support each other. Like every, you know, like I'm wearing this, like I put all my shirts away and I only wore these shirts every day, like on rotation. And so, so yeah. And I'll pat myself on the shoulder, but uh, no, it's cool, man. It did the same thing for me. Like, but but no, how did it all happen? Well, again, it's, it's, it's like as much as, all right, so this is a double-edged sword here because as much as I thought the same thing when all this happened, we're fucked. Like I'm not, I, I'm not cut out. The whole reason I started the shop to be in person is because I'm not cut out for the online shit. So we're going to have to move the whole business online. I don't know how to ship fucking boards. <laughs> and like, I, I'm not cut out for that. And we don't have the money to do that and all this stuff. And like, we slowly did it and then made shop merch and it, it worked out. It kept my employees paid and the shop alive. And we had less overhead, to be honest. So as long as they were getting paid and I wasn't just like, later dudes, like then I didn't care uh, yeah. Like if we were making money outside of that. Like as long as they, they had a paycheck. Because I, I, I was fortunate that uh, I, I was still doing artwork for Baker and Vans and Deluxe. So like I had money coming in to elsewhere. Um, I didn't have to rely on just the shop doing good, but I was under the total same boat. We're fucked. I didn't know what to do. And it's sad to say that all the shops that the, them existing in person, the most important thing for them to do was fully operate as an online business. It's like sort of ironic, like it sucks and it's true. It's, I mean, look, dude, my, not to go off tangent, but, uh, I was going over our numbers with the shop, boring shit, but it was like, holy shit, one of our better months, we weren't open a single fucking day. And exactly. And someone said to me, well, do you think you could just close the shop and keep doing it? And I was like, no, no, because we, anybody's attraction to Lottie's is because of what it is. It's like my attraction, dude, I bought a fucking PLA shirt and an Atlas. I bought shit. Because I've never been to either of those shops, but I, I knowing that they're a shop and they like have put out videos and like these things, I'm like, that's, I, I wouldn't know Lottie's could not operate. It's just like a clothing company online, nor would I want to. So right. there's that, but how it all, the shirt part came about is like, there's a strong camaraderie on, on social media between skate shops, you know, and like looking after each other in a certain way. And, and, um, it's cool. And I, you know, you said a couple shops right there, Kingpin, Red Curbs, Holistic, 510, Contact, yeah. um, Contact, uh, dude, I could go on forever. Ignition. Humidity, ignition, <laughs> fucking, yeah, Ignition's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. uh, humidity down in New Orleans. Like I see all these things these guys are doing and like ways that in certain cities, some of them shut down earlier than others. Some of them didn't. Um, but I would see all their names and I was always like, damn, it'd be sick if there was like, I, so I had thought of this actually before the pandemic. I was like, what if 
you know, like you had some fucking death, death leopard shirt. And on the back, it showed all the cities that they visited. What if you had a skate shop shirt that if you were skating and you were like, where can I go? Oh, I'm in Chicago. Oh, it says right here, uprise. Um, or, or, you know, you need to go to homegrown skate shop or what have you, wherever you are. How, how could you do that? So that was the one thing I wish I did with that shirt is wrote the city that they were, the shop was in. Or have a map of the U.S. and like have them bing, bing in there or something. Yeah. Kind of like uh, skate parks. That's how they did it before online. They had a fucking book. It was like an atlas, but it right. was like, if you're driving from here to here, hit these five parks. Right. Boom. So I kind of wish I did that a little bit to shout out the city so that if you or a friend had that shirt on a little skate trip, but I was like, fuck, no one's going anywhere. Anyways, Uh my hand hurts. I just got to write all these out. I think not every shop has the same aesthetic or interests. And like, I know one thing I've always tried to like, I've never been a, someone who just liked one thing, like as Mm -hmm. an individual, when it comes to art or music or skateboarders, I've never been like an only transition or only street skater and stuff. And so with my drawings and I try to keep it that way too with Lotties, we'll definitely do some like hardcore shirt references or metal stuff. But I, I that's not like, I'm not like just like some metal dude. So fucking, I right. want to diversify it. So on that shirt, we had big pun on there. We had a couple demons and a couple things like, so people could choose what they wanted to do. And uh, I don't even remember how I did it. I think I just posted on Instagram like, Hey, this is my idea. If you're fucking down and you want your shop on here, if it's not already already included, hit me up. And with enough shops kind of getting that circulating and then deluxe circulating, it was like, oh shit. The reaction was like fucking gnarly. It was like, I was fully pandemic with my dog here, me and her just in the house all day. And so I was like, cool, I have time to do this. And so, you know, the joke like, people, you know, the only hard part about that was certain shops being left out. And was there any hurt feelings? Yes. And it was totally unintentional, dude. Like there were shops that hit me up kind of like, dude, you fucking didn't write my name on there. I was like, dude, you didn't know my shop existed before this started either. It, it was not a jab. And for about two weeks, I kept adding names. So I would just, but the thing is, I would have to add the name, add that font in, I suck at fucking computers. So I'm like trying to Photoshop or something like moving a name around and then rescanning and then fucking sending it off again. So it's just like after a while, it's like, dude, I'm going to do this for two weeks. But right. after that, if you didn't make the cut, it was nothing. That was the only bummers. Like, of course, uh, there were over 220 shops I wrote on there. I, I would have added every one in the world, Europe. And the, like, dude, I, I know shops out in Dublin and fucking England and France. And I was like, I can't go across the pond, dude, because that'll, yeah. that'll be just like, maybe there's the only so year. much room on this, the re- on the shirt. Yeah, too. Exactly. That was it. And then I was like, Hey, it's on you of what color shirt, how many you make fucking run it. A shop hit me up the other day. Like, Hey, can we do another round of it? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Like, yeah, go for it. Did you see any out there that kind of like struck you as like, that's pretty cool. Like, Oh yeah, dude. So many shops made fucking sick ones. And then like, it was cool seeing like some shops in New York just took like the big pun one. And like, that was like the whole, I was like, that's that's what Atlas did. Yeah. Atlas is, is really good. Um, dude, there's a shop called amped, uh, 
up in Humboldt County. Uh-huh. Um, they had a really cool one. Brad. Dude, PLAs was really cool. I like, like PLAs a lot. just did their logo. And I was I like, yeah, dude, one. you don't have, that was another thing. Like my ego is not that big to think that you all want my drawings. I was like, dude, <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want. Don't put my drawing on there. Just put the names. This is just a thing. If you don't want to do it, don't do it either. I could, sure. you know, but I was very excited and happy to see that shops want, that a lot of shops wanted to do yeah, it. It was really cool. And I mean, Mark Gonzalez is the greatest. We know that. But it, I think you can at least take a little credit for sparking that deluxe m- movement that followed, you know, like. Oh, well, Jim hit me up and said that. And I was just like, dude, my shop wouldn't exist if it wasn't for deluxe. I- I'm heavily influenced by all types of skateboarding and all skaters and stuff. But I will say without question, like Jim Thebow and Julian Stranger and Andrew Reynolds, like those three people, but to me are like my biggest influences. And, mm. and, and on that note, like meeting your hero, all three of those dudes are fucking the most solid dudes ever. And so true. I, I, I uh, Jim can be like, oh, it's all credit. But I was like, dude, my shop wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for you and Deluxe and everything you guys do for skateboarding. But yeah, obviously, you know, Jim's like the nicest dude to ever live. So he's like, no, it's all you. And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Jim's very passive. But that was cool too. Like a month, two months, I don't know. It came out later. But then Mark did a bunch of things first. So again, coming together and doing the So this theme that like... I don't know. There's so much shit that we, you know, we have this joke, me and my fiance have this joke that's like the guy that's like, yeah, that was great, but want to know what sucks. And it's like, you can always say want to know what sucks, For sure. but it's not easy to say want to know what's great. That's fucking and, true, man. And so we've been working on that one. Like, okay, want to know what's great today? You know, like, and like, let's try to keep it positive because there's plenty of shit that sucks. That's easy. For sure. <laughs> you know what Dude, I'm saying? That's true, man. And talk yeah. about that, the Gons thing. I remembered when Jim called me to talk about that. I was just like, Dude, shops are going to have Mark Gonzalez write their name. Like, there's nothing more legendary than that. Like, Mark Gonzalez is going to draw a shop shirt for you. That was just like the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Um, I, I was I, so jealous of some other shops ones too. Like pawn shops was so good. The Gons one he gave them and like, they were just like great ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like you can't it. lose, but yeah, I like, I seen a lot and I was just like, yeah, I, I was talking, I forget who I was talking to about. I was like, was there like a contract or anything that said you could only make, cause I was like, run it until they tell you to stop. Cause that's oh, well, gold. <laughs> dude, Jim, that was the one bit of advice. He's like, what should I like? Did this get out of hand for you? And I was like, so it got to the point where people started asking, can I make boards? And I was like, ah, oh, man, don't make shop boards with it. Like, you know, oh, I'm yeah. also down to do like graphics for other skate shops. Like, I did some shit with humidity. Like I like, you know, stuff for Sieber. I'm not ever, but nevertheless, I did say to Jim, I was like, be, you know, maybe just do like shirts and hoodies or, or beanies. Like don't, if you green light them for Gon's art, dude, that could just be their identity. Some shops might just be like, yeah, this is our shop logo and banner and every hoodie and t-shirt. Cause it's so epic. But I think every shop's obviously fucking handled it cool and everyone was awesome about it. 
I got some questions from some friends. Okay. This is the guy that you speak of. What's up, Mike? First, I wanted to thank you for the inspiration, just for us even opening the shop, because we were questioning it, just seeing you kill it, and I don't know, it just kind of pushed us over the edge. Second, I wanted to say thanks for the art, for the designs and shit, and for the support your local shop, gear, all that stuff. Um, so anyway, the question is, we have this thing stashed behind the case for just tweakers that come in, and we gotta get them out of here. I love a good tweaker story. So I just wanted to hear, I don't know if you have any memories or whatever, of someone that came in your shop and you were just like, fuck, like, how do I, how do I get this dude out of here? What am I gonna do? I don't know. I just love that guy. Ryan Sieber. Dude. Yeah. Dude, we're in a weird neighborhood. We're off of Crenshaw and West Adams. We get <laughs> cribblers. We get fucking people coming in um, saying weird shit, doing weird shit, junkies. Dude, we, we've had... I remember, yeah, we've had some gangbangers come in and just like post up, kick it, hide out for a second. I'm like, dude, what are you bringing in a sketchy element? Dude, we've had to get some people out of the shop. Huh. So I've had to dodge some people for sure. <laughs> uh, they weren't even random people. They might've been like skateboarders or something, but I've had to like, or my coworkers have had to dodge people because uh, when you have a business, people know where to find you, dude. They know yeah. where you're at. So it's fucking, you can't always escape. Um, we've never had any, you know what? This kid, fuck, maybe this kid will hear this. <laughs> this kid came in one day with his crew of friends um, from Fresno. And the kid was, I've never had somebody be more rude to us for no reason in my entire life. I've never. And so like this kid almost, it was like, he was looking to get beat up. Like I was like, there's no way this is happening other than this kid is picking a fight right now, or we don't recognize him. And he has, but he was, I don't even want to impersonate it, but he was banging on our cash register like that, <laughs> like loud. And so, yeah, I mean, that was the only time I ever like said, let's go, let's, let's go outside. And, like I'm going to beat you up, I guess. Like I'm on the clock and I'm just going to like go outside and fight you. Uh, and his friends grabbed him and took him outside and that didn't happen. We have that whole thing recorded on a security camera. Um, <laughs> but that, that was fucking nuts because these were skateboarders. Mm. These were like five skaters. And I was just like, what the fuck is your problem? Like mm. why on earth would you come in? Like we've never, and we found out we never met these dudes before. No prior history with them. Hmm. Nothing like that. Um, yeah, that was bad. Uh, the, the whole thing, like, dude, is a stupid joke, but, like, we have this thing where, like, it was, like, on the shoe. It said grip tape is $5 dipshit. And, like, that whole thing started because some, like, semi-sponsored kid that would come into our shop was, like, give me some grip. And we were, like, it's five bucks. And he was, like, what? We were, like, yeah, what? That's, like, that's as cheap as it gets. He's, like, I didn't know grip tape cost money. And so that's where I was like, dude, grip tape is $5, dipshit. Like, you, you didn't know it cost money. Like, this kid was like 
flow for some company and was that entitled. And dude, I don't know if that exists all over the country, but definitely in LA, there's a lot of like semi-sponsored or very entitled kids because their homie is friends with this kid. And like the idea of supporting a skate shop's never crossed their fucking mind. Like would you ever, you know, I've said this before, but like you would never go into like a a restaurant asking for a discount or something (laughs) for free. Can I just get free pizza? Like you don't, you don't do that anywhere. Why is that okay at our shop or any skate shop for that matter? And I know every skate shop deals with this. but that type of behavior is just like uncalled for and out of line. And like, we're not going to put up with that. Yeah. Leave it to Seaver to come (laughs) up with the tweaker question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Out in uh, Berkeley, California, we got Dandy at the 510. Hey, Mike. Hey, my name is James Givens from 510 Skate Shop. This is my boss, Dandy. Hey, what we want to know is, who works at Lottie's and how did they get the job? Aside from me, Louie, local punker kid, would come by, was into the t-shirts, buying boards. He's like from the neighborhood. He's like, fuck, there hasn't been a skate shop. I've been like in this neighborhood in a long time. And he just started coming around and I just like, dude, we got it. We clicked so well. And he was working at this like fucking restaurant down in Torrance at the time. And I worked at a restaurant. So like, I know there's... I actually had a really, really great experience when I worked at a restaurant when I was like about, you know, 22, 23. Um, but I know that can suck. And he just, I was, I just, yeah, one day I was like, dude, you should quit. And he's like, I can't cause I need, I would need a job. And I was like, well, I'll work here. So naturally. And then Chris, same thing, local kid kind of from like South central area, uh, was just like kind of coming around and hanging out. That's it. Yeah. He just was a part of the scene, like already, like come after he was in school at the time, like come after school, skate, come. And I was like, dude, when you turn 18, you got a job here if you want, you know, like right when you're done with school and you have time. And he was like, cool. And so just local kids. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to go to San Francisco, California, Deluxe SF and Matt D. Hi, Mike. Thank you for your exemplary contributions to skate shop culture. My question for you is which skate shop had the biggest influence on you, whether as a youth or current? Oh man, I can't name one, but Autumn, Hot Rod, Rip City, and right before I opened Lottie's, a shop I went to was Shrunken Head. In Portland. Portland. Yeah, they roll. And I walked in there and I was just like, holy shit. It's like all narrow and long and skinny. Yep. And like, there was like a pair, you could like only get half cabs. <laughs> like, and then there, they had boards for days and all that kind of shit. But like shoes was just like half cabs, some shop hoodies. And I was like, this is the coolest fucking place ever. Right. I want my shop to feel like this. All right. This one is in San Mateo, California. It's Ryan over at Atlas. What, what does Mike do to stay inspired? Yeah, because he cranks out a lot of amazing artwork. And I want to know where all the inspiration comes from. Honestly, this is like, there's no way to not sound corny here, but just like the local kids at my shop. Like having a place like that. And like, you know, there's this dude who basically works, lives at my shop named Sammy. And Sammy's special. And Sammy is a local dude. And he, if you've been to Lottie's, you know, Sammy, it's like, it's that simple. Mm. And it just like people like Sammy, 
like Sammy, the kids who work at Lottie's, the kids who hang out there. Also, what am I going to do if I don't have Lottie's? You know, I got to stay motivated to, to make, and like everything I owe is from skateboarding. I have a lot of other interests outside of skateboarding, but everything I have in my life and the connections and my closest friends are through that. So that's like, that motivates me every day. Cause I'm like, shit, I wouldn't want to be doing a lot of other things, man. And I've had a lot of other jobs mm. and I've never been, I've never wanted to be a part of a world as much as skate, the skate world. Even if it sucks at times and there's kooks or you kook it or whatever, it's better than a lot of other shit. Right. All right. Uh, let's go out to Phoenix, Arizona and check in with Trent Martin of Cowtown Skate Shop and uh, see what's going on down there. Trent, are you there? I'm here. How's it going, Schmitty? Good, man. Good to see you. How are you? Good to see you, man. Everything's, everything's good. Getting, yeah. getting through it all, man. And yeah, just miss everybody. How's the uh, no Phoenix Am syndrome? Are you, are you still hurting from it or are you doing okay? It's, it's a trip, man, because yeah, it's such a big part of our community and just skateboarding scene in general and to not be able to do it, you know, this year was really tough because basically it was like we planned everything, you know, it was, it was almost like you made some cake or something, but never got to eat it. <laughs> everything yeah. was done, ready to go. And it's just like a couple of days before, like, it's like building a ramp and cool getting ready to drop in the first time and it burns down. Yeah. So. Or, or maybe I was thinking this, maybe it was preparing you for this week. Thanksgiving's coming and you build it, you make a Turkey, but you can't have anybody come over. That too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a trip just to see everything that's going on. But I mean, right. yeah, we're, we, we got through it skateboarding. Everybody's obviously sticks together and yeah, trying to see what's, the possibilities are for next year, you know, and what that looks like and if it's even a possibility because as it stands, everything's constantly changing. So just totally, I don't know, but I was wondering, is there any chance that if things didn't get better, that you could have a non spectator, uh, kind of like maybe video cameras only and you, and you have like smaller, like five man heats, like it's socially, or is that like it, then it's not even what we want it to be anyway. So we just would rather not. No, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause it's, it's not what we want it to be. Obviously that would be plan C or D F. Yeah. But, yeah. But at the same time, it's, it is better than nothing. And it's, it's an option and it's something that we talked about. Mm. It's not, it wouldn't be the Phoenix am experience of what it actually is. And so, yeah, we would call it something different because, yeah this next one that we actually do will be our 20th year of it. Oh. And I definitely don't want that to be on a virtual platform. That sucks, you know? So yeah. if, if we do anything coming up here, it'll be just something, you know, where it's, you know, Phoenix Am presents kind of thing, or it's, you know, just some, some other one-off kind of event just as a placeholder. Yeah, it's, it's tricky working with the city, too, because we have their regulations that we have to deal with as well as just statewide and, you know, everybody's like health and safety as well, you know. Everybody's yeah. on a different page of where they're comfortable. So what year did you guys open the first shop? Uh, 1997. Damn. Nice. And, where, and which location was that? Central and Camelback in Phoenix. 
Is it the same still there? Yep. Sick. And then how many do you have now? We have four locations. Oh, there's four. Yeah. Uh, so from the time you opened the first one to the fourth one, did you learn anything in particular along the way that by the fourth one you were like, thank God I learned about that, that I, was there anything that like you kind of like looking back or like, God, I'm glad I figured yeah. that out. You know, we made so many mistakes and learned from things and I can't think of anything offhand other than, you know, just one major thing that it wasn't that I learned from the first to the fourth. It was just relationships in the industry, man. Like we're all in this for the long haul and treating everybody the way you want to be treated and just trying to be, you know, have integrity in the industry and do the right thing, even mm. if it's the hard way. Right. And treat everybody proper and hopefully then that reciprocates and comes back and that was that was the main thing, just relationships, because you never know where somebody's gonna end up or you know, right. people that were at one company that failed could be, you know, the sales manager or the owner of another company, you know, ten years down the line. You just never know. Yeah. So it's don't burn any bridges. Yeah, like just because Sinclair's blowing it at Tamietto, he's at Nike now. So you just you never know what's <laughs> you can blow it with that guy. Oh, he's awesome. I love Sinclair. He's the best. Um how many employees do you have? Do you know? We've got just over 30 now. We we were always around 25, but for holiday and with mm. the whole COVID thing, we've had to staff the store with extra people just for cleaning. I mean, it's limited capacity in the stores, but um, it's been busy the last few months, obviously. And here. Incredible Good. blessing. It's crazy. So no, you didn't have to let anybody, you didn't have to cut hours or lay anyone off through the whole process. No, we, um, initially back in March when we closed, you know, um, there wasn't a mandate to close here. It was just getting kind of crazy. And so just people were getting uncomfortable in the stores and stuff. So we're just like, you know what? Yeah, this is, it's coming. Let's mm. just be, you know, we are, we had already canceled Phoenix Am. But about that time, that's when, you know, Vans stepped up and did like the foot the bill and they, they did custom shoes for some shops and we, we were selected as one of those. That was a huge benefit. So um, can you give me a little bit of detail on that. What exactly happened? They, they, they made a custom shoe with like your shop on it and then all the sales went to your shop maybe or I don't know. How it worked was they made, they gave us, you know, their customs program or whatever, like you can. Yeah. I guess you can just order custom shoes um, online, but they gave us basically a, our own print in a sense. Like, and so you designed the toe, toe piece. And so we did this map of Arizona um, and then just had the flying cow logo on the tongue. Ed designed it. And um, basically, so yeah, we had this whole design, turn that in and into them. They make a template of it. And then we promote it to customers. Customers could then buy it on Van site. And then we got a portion of the proceeds. And then other companies, you know, also kind of came in and, and helped where they could with, right. within the industry. And it was, it was awesome just to see every, everybody come together and, you know, the camaraderie between shops. Did you guys have a part of that deluxe uh, Mark Gonzalez thing? That's another one. Yeah. We, um, we're still doing it that we, the sketchy skate shop tea. And so that was another amazing thing. Like Jim's awesome. All, everybody at deluxe, you know, they're rulers. 
Well, it's Thanksgiving uh, week, and that brings up Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Sally Saturday, whatever you want to call these things. Uh, yeah. Are you guys doing anything special for that? You guys, like, do you try to entice people, or do you just do your normal thing? How, how does it work for you? We've just, over the years, we've had to start trying to entice people. This year, it's an anomaly, because now it's like, it's been really busy, like, you can, if you have product right now, skate product, then you're in good shape and you know, it's, it's selling really well. I think a lot of shops are, you know, starting to get caught up. Um, so it's really good. I'm at a episode 98, just to pat myself on the back here. Congrats, man. Um, yeah. And out of the 98 people like that I've talked to, we hundred percent through the board, it's like skate shops are important. You know, it's so important. My question is, what what's how do you look at it as far as how are we going to keep brick and mortar in this digital era what are the keys to like you know i'm sure like you have to make a certain quota to match these high rent prices all these different things where people like online so what's what's the technique what's your strategies i mean it's, it's definitely difficult and when we started 20 plus years ago there was like the internet was new, you know, right. yeah, yeah. It, it was like, what email instead of faxing? Like <laughs> it's insane. So it's to now it's for the most part, it's everybody says it's a necessary evil and you know, you have to sell online in order to stay in business and yes and no. I, I really look at somebody like deluxe for instance, you know, they don't do a direct to consumer they try to really push people to skate shops mm -hmm. and that helps out a lot. Um, there's other companies where they incentivize people to buy online instead of to buy in skate shops, you know, really? free shipping, you know, there's no tax if you buy out of state. Right. Um, obviously they make the product so they're able to make it, make margins on it and sell it less expensive if they wanted to. Most everybody's pretty good about it, but I, I think to keep it going, what I would really, really love to see is the manufacturers themselves, the skate companies, push more towards skate shops and make the skate shops look good in pricing and everything else to where it's like, you know what, you can get this hopefully cheaper at your local skate shop because we're not going to sell it to you super cheap online. It's going to be it's a convenience to buy online instead mm. of a necessity. If right. you really, if you really want it and can't find it anywhere, okay, buy it from, you know, whoever online, but it to incentivize people with free shipping all the time. And you know, a 20% coupon code for black Friday or 50% off, you know, like shops can't do that. We don't have those margins. Yeah. But a manufacturer, some of them do. And that makes it kind of difficult for, yeah to be a brick and mortar store. Um, but I think again, partnerships to try to like push more true partnerships and have the shops or the, the companies push more people towards the shops. And a lot of that is based on price. That's I think totally. the heaviest reason that people shop online is, you know, obviously selection and convenience, but price is a definite, hey, yeah. just, all right, I'm going to get it from there. I mean, things have changed a lot over the years, obviously. Um, I, I worked in a skate shop in the late 80s, 
and we would tell people you're not allowed to buy tracker trucks. Like we had them, but we yeah. wouldn't sell them. <laughs> what shop did you work at? It was Ghost Skate in San Mateo. Sick. And it was actually the same shop where I bought my first skateboard. And then later in life, I ended up working there. Are you from there? Did you live there your whole life? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. You had mentioned like the your first board at the shop and you end up working there. That was, I did the same thing. Like my, I bought my first board at a shop and that was my first job. Right. So you skate, uh, what was it called? Thrasherland or whatever, the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Thrasher, yeah. All that stuff was for sale a while ago too. It was all those ramps and stuff. But yeah, Thrashland was an amazing, just such a weird place. Ed, our, our partner too, Ed actually worked there for a while when he no. first moved here from Maine. You know, here's my philosophy. January 22nd, there's this guy that he's going to be leaving town and this other guy, he's going to be arriving. I heard and, about that. And uh, right about that time, this vaccine that they're working on is going to fucking start kind of slowly. <laughs> yeah. And February 1st, you mark your calendar. We're going to say Phoenix Am is officially back. <laughs> See, and that's, yeah, and I really hope so. And it's, Fingers crossed, but it's it's crazy because it takes so much time to prepare for it. And then also just yeah. getting sponsors and plane tickets. People come from all over the world. It's not like if we give people that short notice that it's a really short window to try to really pull it off. Yeah, it's true. And it to be proper, you know. If, and you can't do it too much later because it gets way too hot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you guys got anything cool planned for Thanksgiving? Um, just hanging out here with the family, um, talked about maybe doing a little bit of traveling, but not going to happen. Um, just going and seeing Laura's dad possibly in like Colorado, but nice. yeah, I think we're just going to hang around here. You going to cook a turkey? Um, I believe so. Yeah. What's it going to weigh in at? What's the over under on the weigh in? I don't know. There's only, there's, only, there's, we got two kids. Um, everyone eats good. meat, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. saying 21 pounds. <laughs> I don't know about 21 pounds. There's only four of us, man. It's going to be heavier than my bowling ball. Yeah. That's for I'll, sure. send, I'll send some to you. <laughs> if, if it's a 21 pound bird, then yeah, you're definitely, you know, get, expect something in the mail, Schmitty. Hey, I love you guys. Thanks for um, taking some time out. And uh, I really hope that Phoenix Am is back because, you know, me and me and uh, Hammocky will pull up in the Miata again if we have to. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Yes. Man, I miss Hammocky too. Yeah, I will miss uh, everybody, dude. Seriously. Yeah, it's crazy. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? Well, um, it's funny because I was telling someone today. So I, I don't know if I've told you, but uh, I'm engaged. So Congrats. I have a, I live with my fiance and uh, we've been doing Thanksgiving for five years that we've been together. And this is the first Thanksgiving, thanks to COVID, that we get to do one Schmitty style, which means I don't get out of my sweatpants and I cook all day, I watch TV, we just eat all day, we don't have to go nowhere. I am so hyped. <laughs> That's awesome. Good, man. Good for yeah. you. Schmitty style Thanksgiving. Schmitty style Thanksgiving. She's kind of dreading it, but I, th I my bet is by the end of the day, she's like, actually kind of liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Forced, <laughs> forced relaxation. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Stay safe out there and uh, yeah, stay in touch. Let me know if there's any development there. And obviously if there's anything I can do to help you guys, you know, we're family. 
Love you, man. Thanks so much. Take care. Stay high and uh, give love to the family. Will do, man. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, let's take a quick little break and hear from some of our friends, and we will be right back. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden, and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Other interests. Would, yeah. would What would other interests be? Like, are you into musicals? Uh, am I into playing music? No, like musicals, like, you know. Like am I into newsies? musicals? Do you ever hear the newsies? <laughs> yeah, why are you asking me about the newsies? <laughs> Who'd you talk to, man? <laughs> I got friends. <laughs> Dude, I'm curious who you talk to about that. <laughs> yeah, that's so sick. Yeah, fucking uh, my aunt, one of my aunts is, was like, friends still friends with this this dude named kenny ortega and uh when i was a little kid i was like always with my aunt a lot and um he was a director and he directed newsies and hocus pocus um i got to be extras in some of his movies and stuff as a little kid that was the stint that was the highlight of my acting career that like I was what age age shit six and eight yeah a little kid but yeah, do like, you remember shit. it I remember Hocus Pocus really well, yeah, because I had to. I got to go to the Disney lot at night and like run around in a Halloween <laughs> costume with fucking Bette Midler. I remember, yeah, I remember. Wow. I didn't have a line or anything like that. Um, uh, you know, I'm just like a background character, but yeah, I got to be around some funny shit like that, some like LA shit right there, huh? Yeah, that's some <laughs> LA shit. Hell yeah. Well, no, I didn't mean to cut you off, but what are some of your uh, outside interests besides, like, obviously skateboarding and, and yeah. drawing and stuff? Man, I, just my family. Does that count? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm from a big family. I'm, I'm always with my nieces and nephews. Um, jiu-jitsu. Do a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm, like, doing uh, – fuck, I, I play the banjo. Um, no I way. Should, I should play more. Yeah. It's like – rusting in the corner right there right now maybe um, i can get you to play a little jingle on the way out of here yeah we'll do that okay, and then uh yeah. fuck man i you know what i i'm like to be totally honest with you and like i don't i i always like loved being physically active it's like i love to surf i don't surf a ton for a minute out like me and this dude logan and rowan were going out rowan is still like rowan surfs fucking twice a day right now but, like logan hill no, uh, Logan Lara. Oh, okay. Um, but like, I love going surfing if the waves are small. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not jumping in the water with like over four feet. I'm fucking scared. But uh, same. Yeah, surfing, and I I don't play sports a lot. I love boxing. Um. Uh, if it was easier to get a game of baseball or something, I'll play baseball. Like I just like being physically active to be honest with you. Like, so whatever that can mean, but I do spend a lot of my time like watching horror movies and drawing, especially during the pandemic. I'm like always, I guess watch a lot of movies, you know, especially if that helps with drawing, if I'm burnt out. Was this guy um, inspired by Nosferatu? No, that's funny you say that, dude. Nosferatu. My fiance um, saw it, and she's like, she was like, ask him if he was inspired by that. 
I, I don't want to say no. I don't want to say yes or no because she probably so, uh, unconsciously yes. That dude, that's funny. That when I was a little kid, that flashed on the TV and scared the fucking daylights out of me. And that the way he looks, the black and white. I'm talking like the 19. What year yeah. did that movie come out? Jeez, that like is uh, tattooed in my brain. So the answer to your wife is yes. There's no way I drew that without that unconsciously being somewhere in there because that, yeah, that that movie had a big influence on me. What are some uh, classic, what's some horror movies that like stand out to you? Uh, People Under the Stairs. Oh, I don't know Um, that one. Dude, I supposedly Jordan Peele, the Peel dude is doing a remake of it actually, but this is oh. like an early nineties movie. Um, takes place in LA takes place actually in the neighborhood. that Lottie's is in West Adams. No way that rolls. Um, that's a West Craven movie that had okay. a big influence on me. So did a lot of like the shining and Friday the 13th. And um, those movies had a big influence on me too. Um, I'm also like more updated than those movies. I'm like, I, I was really into like Rob Zombie's first movies of House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Um, I was hyped to see Poncho and fucking whatever movie. Poncho was in a oh, Rob yeah. Zombie movie. I don't know yeah. which one it was, but I was like. 31. Was, I think it was yeah. called 31. Yeah, yeah, that is it. I saw that. Yeah, I'm always like, if he comes out with a movie, I'm going to watch it. You seen yeah. Bad Taste? Bad Taste, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, Bad Taste, Toxic Avenger. Right. Like those are, those movies didn't like scare me as much as I found them, but like as fucking drawing references and stuff, I've used those movies a lot. Um, mm. Yeah, but dude, I'm telling you, People Under the Stairs was probably like the biggest, like had the biggest impact on me as a kid. Is it a scary one? Yeah, I wonder if you saw it now as an adult, if you'd be like, this is kind of cheesy or if you'd be actually scared. Uh, I'm going to look know. it up because dude, I'm, I'm claiming if this pandemic keeps going, I'm going to finish Netflix. <laughs> You're going to finish it? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that'd be fucking impressive. There's so much <laughs> trash on there. Please. I know, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking scratching at some really like we've been, we've been watching some good stuff, but like every once in a while you're just like, fuck, is there, are we running out? Like, Dude, I feel like I've, I'm rewatching. I, you know what the, the pandemic did for me? I had never watched certain TV shows. Like I had never watched The Sopranos. I watched that. Oh. That was amazing. You Ozark. seen The Wire? I, I did like a season of The Wire. I couldn't stick it out. And my brother-in-law is just like, it's so, it's the best show ever. You're fucking up. Give it another shot. I'll try you, it out. You got to get through the second season, I think. I think okay. here's, here's what I've been learning from talking to so many people. Whatever your favorite TV show is, what there's a series, the first season is mandatory to get through and then at least go into the second season a couple episodes before you give up. Dude, that's true. You know what that's true for is Seinfeld too. The first season, like those characters really aren't themselves yet. Yeah, you got to get the development and then the show begins. That's true. Except for the only thing that uh, is uh, reverse on that is Lost. Lost first season is mind-blowing, and then it just kind of gets worse. 
Where can you watch? I'm going to watch Lost. Also, I'm going to try Dude, it. You, it will blow your mind. You're just like, what is going on? Sick. Yeah, it's cool. All right. We're, we're winding down, but uh, Spanky told me that uh, you're really good at playing this game, Would You Rather? <laughs> yeah, we play that a lot. What's up with it? Is it like, would you rather be in jail for a week or be the object of the slap message boards? Yeah. Wow, that's a fucking good one. Holy shit. That's amazing. Is that um, kind of the deal? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there was that was it. I I'm, we were in Mexico City, me, Spanky, AA, Daniel Wheelie, and Jerry. And I swear we every second that we weren't skating, we were playing Would You Rather. Yeah, what was one recently we did? Would you rather would you rather get like two insane gauges in your ear, like five inch plugs? So like they're fucking like that for one year. You have to rock that. Or, or would you rather get that haircut like a man bun for five years where it's like the sides of your heads are shaved and you have that little top knot? The hair for sure. The I don't think the sure. ears go back. No, it's like, well, in the would you rather world, they go back. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, would you rather wear a wetsuit every day? Full, okay, like a 3-4, like a winter <laughs> suit. You're wearing like a 3-4 every day for, for six months. You cannot take it off, okay? Um, how horrible that would be. God, that would be so uncomfortable. Um, or... Every night before you go to bed and the second you wake up, you, you just, someone is standing over you and just mercilessly punches you in the fucking face as hard as you can. And like, so you wake up and go to bed, just getting rocked and you can't defend yourself. The or wet wear a wetsuit. I think though, I mean, they would both suck, but I think the <laughs> wetsuit. Fuck. Yeah, I'll do the wetsuit. Fuck it. Yeah, because surf every it would day. only take two nights of me getting beat up and then i wouldn't be able to sleep so then not only would i be getting beat up but i wouldn't be sleeping i would just yeah. you'd be terrified to go to bed because you know you wake up and like yeah. the first thing is... you'd be waking up like it's kind of like when you drive for a long time and then you think you're asleep and you grab yeah, the... exactly <laughs> that would be your whole life for six months yeah that would be bad Fuck. Oh, okay hell yeah um also we can't leave without thanking you so much. Um, you made this graphic for the shirts that we're coming out with. And uh, it's probably going to be, I don't know, maybe two weeks. Dude, I'm stoked on it. And it was fucking rad to like see you just turn it. Like, I guess this is just what you do, but turn it over real quick. And I'm like, fuck, rad. I'm really hyped on it. It's got a... Uh, Thank you all the people's names on the back that have been on the show up to a hundred, which is going to be, um, so you're 98, then you're followed by mofo 99 and then Tommy motherfucking Guerrero, San Francisco's pride and joy <laughs> 100. Hey. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know, man, I thought it came together really cool and hopefully people will be stoked off. it. I think they will. I, I want to thank you a lot for that. Dude, thank you for asking me to do it. And uh, I'm wondering also, too, this is 
Thanksgiving week, so there's going to be Black Friday, um, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, Saturday before Sunday of eat, like all these days, right? Is there some shit that you guys do differently at the shop, like for for the holidays? Is there some different thing, or is it business no. as, as usual? Yeah, we'll be close Thanksgiving, and then other than that, but we always no like party. camp out, and you, the first person gets their board for half price, or I don't no, know. No, we dude, if it wasn't Corona, maybe we could right. do but like with this going on. No, I mean we're we're gonna have we'll be having some stuff on a discounted price. Um, but other than that, nothing's nothing crazy, nothing special. Yeah, I hate to cool. say. Well, it seems like you're doing everything the way you want to do it, and it's working out for you. So, like, what's better than that? Thank you, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it keep it rolling. Hell yes, you're not obsessed with Trump anymore. We know that you you're you've gotten over the coked out vegans, yeah. and you became a motorcycle guy. <laughs> All three of those things are true, yeah. Hey, I was watching the things that you hate or whatever before I did this interview, oh, yeah. and I was laughing so fucking loud at my fiance. is like, what's so funny? I'm like, this is exactly how I think. Dude. Like, me and Frank Gerwer always say it. It's like, the dude that's barely on flow calls up Deluxe, and he's like, dude, you sent me 53s. I ride 54s, bro. Oh. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Dude, way to blow it 101. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so gnarly, dude. It is so gnarly. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, to, to clear those things up, though, ride motorcycles all you want. Just be careful. Uh, and, <laughs> and as far as uh, Trump Trump stuff goes, I just like, oh, my God. Since I said that, too, it had gotten so much fucking gnarlier probably around the world of people obsessing over him whether you loved him or hated him obsessing over it and i'm actually glad to see it's tapered off like i feel like i'm glad to see that like that's not the first conversation some of my friends and i are having about fucking that dipshit so and i think that's why our shoulders dropped a little in the last couple weeks because that is actually what's happening and so let's just let's enjoy that for sure um maybe grab your banjo let's do a little fucking Little banjo riff. I don't know. Uh, What do you got on? You know, Pat Duffy is a really good banjo player. Bullshit. Yeah. Wow. That is sick. He's super good. He can do like that. Like the finger pick and everything. I'd have to tune it a bit, but there you go. Huh. How long have you been plucking it? Man, you know, I, I had a bad shoulder injury in New York in like 2010. So like my arm was like this and a friend lent me a banjo. Um, so like on and off for like 10 years. Uh, but it, it, it is like like skating like there's all these styles of it you know there's dudes that do like like blues style picking that's claw hammer where you're actually kind of like using the drum which is like the style i prefer Um, rad 
kind of this is the time. first time ever we've had a live instrument on the show i hate i hate that it sounded like that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> you ever go to bluegrass or anything bluegrass shows no no, no. i'm kind of of those like there's like that very, I was talking about this with one of my coworkers recently, because that leads me to the weed nerd thing. Cause he was like going to these weed conventions and I was just like, he's like, dude, but it's so lame. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a part of any group that would have me as a member kind of thing. And, uh, mm. that's kind of how I feel about like people being like, dude, you play banjo. There's this like old timey festival. And I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> that's cool. It's not for me. Fuck. Yeah. Um, well, let's. We always end on a song. You got a fucking song we can throw on to fucking take us out of here? Yeah. Did I just tell you what the song is? Yeah. Dude, there's this song called that I've been obsessing over. Cool. Perfect. And it's called Meet Me in the City. And it's by a guy named Junior Kimbrough. Okay. He's a blues musician. But I, nice. I, I actually, I cannot stop listening to this song. So Rad, dude. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else that, like, anything you want to say or something about, like, I, I'm trying to, you know, like, I, I can't say enough about the skate shops and stuff, but is there any advice or anything, like, that you want to say as far as, like, why people, like, what, I guess the question I'm trying to ask when my brain slows down here is, uh, what can we do to keep skate shops going and keep the brick and mortar alive? Dude, I don't know. Honestly, I hate, I hate this because I'm like ending on a depressing note, but like, honestly, I think the world is just headed more towards a fucking online world. And yeah. I, think I, but I always, but, and the, here's the positive side. The more the world goes that way, the more there's people who don't want it to go that way. That's and true. there's always going to be people going like, yeah, I can do that, but fuck it. I'm going to go into that shop. Why not? I want to see the graphic and like skateboarding. Of course, there's always going to be dudes who buy a board online and like, they don't even know the shape or whatever, but they get it and they, maybe they like it or maybe they don't care because they just like the graphic so much. That being said, you want to see it. It's like, even people, I'm sure people buy sneakers online all the time. Like I want to like go look at the skate shoe. I like seeing it. And so I think that that fact alone, that skateboarding is something that's like, you need to look at the shape of the wheel or the truck or whatever. And you have to come in to get that. Not everybody will understand that, but enough people that will keep it alive. And I'm hoping that every skate shop tells the local kids there how important skate shops are and just continuously keeping that kind of alive. I do like traditions. I mean, it's a big part of why I like banjo music is, is, is that it's uh, an African instrument. It's, it's, it, that's been around forever, but like the songs might stay the same and there's different mm -hmm. styles of it and all that, but it's like has a long history and tradition. And I think skate shops, not to sound corny, but they, they should have that and they, they always will. And there's always, if, if all the shops today said, fuck it, this isn't working out and they bailed, there's going to be someone else who's going to step in and do it. And so that right there, it's like, there's, it's always going to be there. It's not going right. anywhere. Um, Hell yeah. Skateboarders are going to keep skateboarding, skateboarding. That's it. You know, like exactly. we have to like that. We don't even have a choice. 
it's like exactly you know that's just how it's gonna be so um dude super stoked to finally catch up thanks for taking yeah. some time out enjoy the holidays maybe a little downtime i don't know what you do if you sip wine or if you do yoga or meditate or just watch some horror movies uh -huh. and draw do your thing get a breath of fresh air stay safe um if i can ever be of any help to you always reach out i consider Dude. us friends and a uh, big love Big love, dude. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for supporting all the shops during all this stuff. And uh, it doesn't go unnoticed and it means a lot. I'm stoked we got to do this. Hell yeah. I'm thankful, Hell dude. Yeah. Two days from now is Thanksgiving. Hell yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Have a good one, man. I'll talk Cheers. to you soon. Take care. Peace. Later. Wait, hold on. What's that? We got one more skate shop. Who's this? Back to our skate shop, Billy. Big dog, you there? <laughs> fuck yeah. Hey, look, first time popping the fucking cherry. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> it looks like you got a green screen. <laughs> oh, you don't see me? No, I see you, but oh, it's Tommy like Oh, Tommy knockers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Good. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Look, Hanging real talk, uh, my wife had, because, you know, I'm trying to figure this shit out or whatever, and all of a sudden when it came on looking at me, I was like, I can't see shit. And it was all hazy, but since I've had this laptop, I've had electrical tape over my webcam because, you know, okay. everybody's watching. So the yeah. shit's been on there so long. When I did the shit with you, I had to pull it off, and it was gunky as fuck. So oh, right shit. on. So, yeah, man, fucking big time, man. Cleaned it okay. up for you and shit, like letting the CIA look at my shit and everything. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I don't want to look like a fucking uh, talking Schmidt whore over here. Nah, I like it. Sally Vitello told me you never wear the concert shirt to the concert. But I don't know if I believe that. Hey, man, I mean, I'm guilty of it, you know, but uh, <laughs> hey, fucking shit is what it is. Hey, look, in real talk, I'm even whoring myself out even harder. That's nice. how I do. I rock my shit, your shit, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. You doing good? I'm hanging in there. You getting fired up for this holiday season or what? Hey, man, that's all we can do, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, we're, we're obeying rules with COVID and everything, but to be honest, man, COVID, not to sound jacked up on it, but that's some of the best things that's ever happened as far as us because everybody wants to ride a skateboard now. Uh, yeah. We've been around uh, November, literally just like last week, a few days ago, November 1st, made 26 years for us, and we are seriously seeing – the best sales we've seen in 26 years of slinging this stuff. And we don't do the Frisbees, bikinis, hacky sacks. We're strictly a skateboard shop. And, okay. uh, man, like I say, everybody's wanting to ride it, whether it's a longboard, popsicle, cruiser, everybody's wanting to ride a skateboard. So it's been a blessing wow. in disguise for us, to be quite honest. So what year did you start 26 years ago? Uh, yeah, man, uh, November 94. November 94 uh. wrote that first check. How Open many a prayer. Damn. How many locations you been in? Man, uh, OG spot. We still have it. Uh, we're in a, it's a two story building. And when we initially opened, the shop was upstairs. Downstairs was a coffee shop. Okay. Downstairs came for rent. We took over it, gutted it out, built a wooden bowl and 
started doing it. Uh, we expanded to a park, but that didn't work. We've gotten screwed over. Uh, we're in that big gentrification going on in college towns where one minute you're renting a $500 warehouse on the wrong side of the tracks and uh, you blink your eye and all of a sudden you got $3,000 condo stacking shacks around you. So <laughs> we just got the ax. You know, it is what it is. Well, we made the joke. It's like, man, we always had to dream that that was the spot. We've always held down that spot. Greenville's changed around us and we're just still the two story building made out of brick because we got so many dudes that have put a brick in that foundation and we're here to last. Brick and mortar forever. 26 years. Always. What's the biggest skate shop moment you've had? Who walked through that door and you said, fuck yes. Uh, fuck nobody. <laughs> nah, I totally can't talk it. And I mean, we've done some rad shit, you know, I mean, not the Tudor horn, but man, I mean, we had the consolidated dudes come in and probably like the late nineties still in like, you know, the good glory days Karma? per se. And uh, we painted, we paint. Oh yeah. Karma was ripping it. Like uh, with super not dudes, Matt Pels, you know, oh, Matt Rodriguez, uh, those dudes came through, uh, but it's crazy. Cause one of like, we've had some rad times with a lot of the demos through the years, but like the raddest thing was like, like say the super not dudes, you know, that was definitely a street oriented team per se. Yeah. Uh, all we had at the time was the bowl. So, and our bowl was as true of a wooden pool as you could get. And this was late 90s street was the thing, blah, blah, blah. Those street dudes from Supernaut showed up and shredded the bowl. Like it Rad. was so gnarly watching Matt Pills do it, you know, back disasters on seven foot. Matt Rodriguez, wobbly trucks, in it to win it. I mean, so there's been some awesome times, but when Consolidated came through, we uh, painted the whole ball, uh, whole ball white, and a buddy of ours, he's an amazing artist, Jason Bryant, shout out, uh, up in New York now, uh, but he painted the Consolidated Cube in the entire flat bottom of our bowl. So when oh, the dudes shit. rolled up, it was a virgin cube on there, and I mean, it was, nice. so we've just, man, the big thing with us is, man, it's, from day one and you know i mean not to get in it but man some of our old some of our older mentality is still like the raddest way to go when it comes down to it you know ask for forgiveness don't ever ask for permission you know what i mean like charge and barge i like it man you're coming in with some enthusiasm uh you guys got anything special for the holidays like you could do a black friday blowout where man, we are trying to we're gonna milk it we're gonna milk it like farmer joe man we're doing black friday uh small business saturday and cyber monday uh we tried to do a website we never bothered to even launch it you know it is what it is but uh we're shooting for launching backdoorskateshop.com on cyber monday we're not peddling anybody's stuff but our own stuff nice are you throughout all the years being a shop guy do you collect? Do you got your own? Are you a hoarder? You got like a storage unit of a bunch of shit or what? Man, I am. <laughs> I don't know where I draw the line, whether I'm a nerd, a hoarder, a collector, a historian, an advocate for what, you know, but yeah, man, I've got a, I've got some crazy stuff in the collection. Did you skate the hanger? Yeah. Charleston hanger. Yeah. Um, Legendary. Yeah. Oh man. That was place the best blowing. place. Uh, rad story on that one. We, uh, me and a couple of my buddies, we were down for a uh, surf contest down in Folly beach. 
Obviously, there's okay. no waves in South Carolina. So <laughs> we're like, man, you know, let's check it out. And that was back in the old Thrasher days when you could look in the back of the magazine and be like, oh, you know, what's around here? Parks. We're like, Charleston yeah. Hangar. We knew nothing about it. We rolled up, and there's no one in the whole park. We've got the place to ourselves. And uh, Nick Sino, uh, Omar Hassan, Chris Miller, and um, – uh, Rick Howard roll up and they were a day off on an airwalk deal and it was just us and them hanging. We, uh, but, uh, man, back to the Charleston hangar, the Charleston municipal pool was the deal, man. Um, blaze, uh, had a ad, um, I want to say it was like a layback, Brian layback Smith, something like that on this gnarly block of municipal pool, but, uh, it's long gone. Everything's gentrified there too, you know, uh, but, uh, me and Phil went there in, uh, 92. Oh man, Phil, another one, man, legendary, yeah. legendary. So and then, you cool. know, and it's, I always think about do, and it sucks because, you know, a lot of these dudes are gone, but it's like, man, uh, Phil and Tim brought me in. Them dudes were like ATVs before yeah. the ATV era, like, you know, Grant, all these dudes, right? It was like, you know, back then it was like, oh, you know, it's member slap, you know, hip hop versus punk rock, you know, yeah. versus street, you know, blah, 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 all that bullshit. Mm. It was like, them dudes, even back then, when we were also skateboarding, wants to be so open, but man, we're so fucking clicky at the end of the fucking day. But uh, you know, it's like everybody was kind of dialed in their own shit. But then you got like you know dudes like Phil and Tim, uh, the OG Tom Knox. You know, them dudes just like wherever they showed up, they fucked it up. You know, absolutely. Okay. Well, do you got anything uh, you want to say about skate shops in general, like? This is your time to take the mic and say, this is why you shop at a skate shop and not online. Fuck. How long is this? We got about seven seconds, <laughs> not the band. <laughs> hey, I'm going to stay young till I die. Yeah, uh, if we can walk together, why can't we rock together? I've been saying it since day <laughs> one, right? Right. Uh, right. Man, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I grew up in the era where I was at a beach. So my local skate shop was a surf shop, you know, but, and it was even the skateboarders that were selling it to me were more surfers, you know, that, you know, just happened to know about skateboarding, blah, blah, blah. But I think like the shift in the era I came up with where there was a lot more skater owned shops going on, kind of mm. like made people aware of like, shit, I can do this. You know, like me going to birds, that was some corporate guy, in my opinion, that didn't care about skateboarding versus, you know, some of the other mom and pop shops I was involved with at an early age. It kind of, that whole mentality of, yo, I can do this too, you know? Mm -hmm. And man, I've read all the bullshit interviews of skate shops are dead, skate shops are a thing in the past, dot com this, dot com that. <laughs> man, for every one of you, I'm sorry if you guys censored this, Greg, but fuck you guys. If you don't support your local skate shop, what the fuck are you in this shit for? These shops that claim to be a legit shop, but when the shit is put up or shut up, where the hell are you at? You know, when the seasons change to surfing or snowboarding, where are you at with what you're doing for skateboarding? Punch mm -hmm. your, if you're going to make money off the shit, punch your money where your mouth is. Now, as far as all the OG shops that been in the game, they do it for the right reasons. We don't pay electric bills till the paper comes in and it's red instead of blue. The dudes <laughs> who, you know, 
have, have worked with no electricity, you know, and luckily you're opening while the sun's up, you know, to all those dudes. Never forget why we're doing it, man. It weren't about any of the other shit that comes with it. It's funny because I say we've had the best year in 26 years. That mm. don't mean we're making a profit. That just mm. means we're able to pay the bills back to the late notice. We don't get late notices no more. It's so rad to be able to pay bills on time. <laughs> to, yeah. to not get a $35 bounce check fee. Like, I'll keep right. it real. This will be the first year that we have not paid a $35 bounce check fee. Damn. To me... Owning a skate shop, that's a big fucking deal. You dudes that own shops, no. I just want to say, dude, it's Thanksgiving week, and I'm thankful for you. Like, you guys support us super good carrying the uh, merch we're all in it out together. there. Yeah, dude, we're I all like in it together, it, man. man. I mean, that look, first order you know, was healthy. I was like, thank you so much. Look, Appreciate hey. You. That's that big shoe money, bro. Like I said, <laughs> I make it and spend it where it needs to go. It's, you know, yeah. like if you're going to get in bed with the devil, figure out how to make shit happen. You know what I mean? It's simple mm. as that. Like how much influence can you have on a customer? Like if a customer comes in, can you sell them any board you want to sell them or are they damn right? Really? I, man, I wholeheartedly look and I'm not trying to sound jacked when I say this. But, like, some dudes that work at skate shops don't understand the influential power you right. have when that kid comes in. In, in different ways. Read the signs. Yeah. Well, Thanksgiving's going to be in two days. What are you going to be uh, tilting back? You going to be doing beers? You got hard shit? You got wine? What, what Man, I'm going to be doing the high life in the bottle. It's Miller the golden life? stuff, man. I've been... <laughs> My go-to for 30 years, you know. Uh, it's the champagne of beers. Yeah, that's it. It's like, man, I only change when I got to change. But with the high okay, life goes go. down smooth, why change, you know? So, yeah. But, yeah, man, I'll be luckily to hang out. You know, I'm hanging out with my wife, family. Just, uh, again, things when you're younger you take for granted, you know, and you just want to get out of the house. And now being 49, I'm just lucky that, you know, my mom and dad are both still alive. They're both still married, you know, oh, so it's nice. like, you know, sister, kids. Yeah, just doing what it's supposed to be about, man. Just getting back to the simple times and back to making memories. There's not a lot of good things about getting older, but one of them is the wisdom that comes with it. You start figuring out what's important. Absolutely, man. And, you know, like I said, even with the back door, when I said, man, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd have told me you're going to sell longboards, weed socks, and Nike, I'd tell you you're crazy. <laughs> Just as much as, you know, if you came in the late 80s or like, man, you're going to love your mom and dad. You're going to like yeah. love just to hang out in the living room and shoot the drive with them and, you know, hang out and eat lunch with them and just joke. I thought, man, you're crazy. You're crazy. So you've been watching them or do you listen to them? Man, watching is the ticket, man. Like, really? I'm just not a, yeah, I need that, uh, you know, yeah, if, no offense, but if I'm listening to something, I'm listening to albums. I ain't okay. listening to the boob tube. I'm not, you know, uh -huh. watching the screen, any of that shit, you know, I'm, I'm constantly digging albums, flipping them, playing them, you know, setting the tone to what I'm watching, whatever. But, uh, man, once you started doing the YouTube shit, dialed yeah. in religiously, I would still listen Damn. every so often, but no offense, but I would kind of, you know, shit's going on, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you yeah. chase the butterflies, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, once you start doing the YouTube, it was like, fuck yeah, I'm dialed in. I'm dialed uh -huh. in, you yeah. know. Like, uh, 
watching Conklin get all, you know, fucking stoked, Tats, you know, and I'm watching, you know, trying to check out Tats, just, you know, watching all these dudes you got coming on, man. And back to uh. that memories, yeah, you got the new cats on here too, you know, and all younger, you know, all that. But it's like, man, I still love seeing the old dudes, you know. It's like I just still am enthralled. And the one thing I like is what you do is, yeah, we've all got to do the standard questions, Q&A, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, man, what I like so much about your shit versus the other podcasts that are out there is like you're in it. You're, you know, like you're asking awesome questions. I used to read MRR back in the day. And some huh. of them interviews would bum me out so hard because it'd be like, What's the name of your, you know, what's the name of your band? Whose name? Right. What do you play? Where are you from? Right. First tour, first out, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And it's like, dude, get in it. You know, like I want yeah. like the dirty stories of the hotels and, you know, skate <laughs> rock style, you know, what city sucked, what cities oh. ruled, you know, like. The best thing about your town is we're leaving. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. You know, like, man, and that's it, you know, and back to that making memories. Hey man, why are you going to roll in another town just to sit around, you know, like, yeah. fuck yeah. Like charge yeah. it, barge it, make the memories and uh, hopefully drive out on your own and not have the sheriff escort you to the city line. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, fuck, it's good catching up with you. Hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Fuck Um, yeah. Yeah, happy late birthday, by the way. Hope you and the lady have an awesome, smooth Thanksgiving holiday season. Keep the morning vibes coming. Keep the Tuesday vibes coming, man. Keep just all around the positivity coming, you know? So, Appreciate end of that, the day, that's you. all the fuck we got, man. My pops raised me at an early age. I realized at the end of the day, all you got is your fucking word. You fucking right. blow it. End of the fucking story, you know? Like, we all got to be held accountable, you know? And end of the day, I just want to keep that shit positive. Thanks, man. Really good catching up. Happy holidays to you and stay safe. Ditto, ditto. Take it easy, Greg. Good luck with the rest of the interview. Safe holidays, brother. Cheers. Now I got to figure out how to log off.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmidty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.